Bonjour! Welcome to another live stream edition of Cafe de Rene. James here, joined once again by the Star Show, Mr. Rene Dupree. Rene, bonjour. Bonjour tout le monde, je vous souhaite la bienvenue au Carnival. Where is everybody? Mm. <laughs> uh, Jonah will be on any second. Um, Paul London will be here on Paul London time. So he says half an hour. But stay tuned, folks. <laughs> it's going to be a long one. <laughs> yeah. How was your little road trip there, pal? Good. Um, left Saturday morning and uh, got there about lunchtime. And uh, I was tired because <laughs> obviously we'd done the stream the night before. So I was tired all the way up there. But yeah, it went well. So family came back Sunday evening and um, yeah, just went back to work today. I sent you a picture of my uh, before and after my uh, passport. So, uh, whatever happened to that kid? He had so much potential. How old were you in that picture? 16. 15? 16. So, the last time you got a passport picture taken was 16? Yeah. I've not, I don't really travel at all. Okay. Last time. How long was the UK passport good for? That's a good question. 10 years. Oh, 10 years? Yeah. yeah. Last... So, had that when I was 16, got married at 23, went on the honeymoon, and um, went on another holiday a couple of years after that. So, I must have been 25. And, yeah, I haven't been on the holiday for a good while. So, um, I've never bothered to get it renewed. Right. So, um, but, yeah, I looked quite different. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, what's new and exciting in the wrestling world? Anything I should know? Um, I mean, I'll bring some up. Obviously, it's um, WrestleMania week. Um, like, I don't know. I think it's just kind of treading water till then, really. I mean, um, Stacey Keebler has just been announced. She's going to the Hall of Fame. So, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that. Congratulations. Oh, they're in Hollywood, right? Isn't that where she lives, California? Yeah, some people's like, you know, a Hollywood Connections got into the Hall of Fame. I'm like, really? I didn't know she had any. I'm like, I knew she was dating George Clooney about 15 years ago for a couple of months, but that's all, that, that's all I know about her Hollywood Connections. Right. When was the last time she was in the spotlight, like Dancing with the Stars or some shit? Yeah, that must have been... I think that might have been just after she left WWE, so that, that might have been, wow, 2010 sort of time, maybe. Right. So, Didn't um, she have a couple of kids, too? I think she's got a couple of kids. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure she's got a family, a couple of kids. She's done well for herself after WWE, so, yeah. Um, but Hall of Fame, I mean... Yeah, why not? She was a big presence on screen. Um, when she came from WCW to WWE, she, I mean, you worked an angle with her, Steiner and Test, like you were, you know, together for a bit. Um, yeah. Um, I, I mean, the Hall of Fame is a Hall of Fame. Some people says, oh, it's not a real Hall of Fame. Some people do. And the people I've spoke to is in the Hall of Fame. They love being in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, I mean, why not? Stacey Keebler being in it, she was a great on-screen presence for a couple of years, and 
very memorable. Great legs. <laughs> they they belong to Hall of Fame by themselves. <laughs> oh shit! How old is she? She must be in her mid forties by now. Yeah, she was young when she came into it, wasn't she? Um, yeah, I don't think she's much older than you. So yeah, early to mid forties, I would say. Well, I was nineteen. She must have been twenty-five. So yeah, she's probably forty-five. Yeah, still looks great. Does um, she? Yeah, she inducted uh, Tori a couple of years ago. Oh, hasn't aged a day. I miss that. Oh well. Okay, I think we got a couple of chats we got to get to before they get clogged up. Who we got? Wild. Yeah, let's catch up here. All right. Just in case I haven't missed any. There we go. Right. Rex Gardner, thank you. Booger T is your new profile. Uh, to start off the show, we need a French tickler. Yeah. Uh, maybe towards the end. Got to warm up first. We need to get you um, next time you do a show. Do you still bust out the French tickler when you're doing your shows? Occasionally when I'm in a different market I've never been to, I'll pull it out. Right. Gangrene, happy Monday, boys. Oh, what's your five favorite albums? Great question. Go ahead, take this one. Ooh. Uh, right, it's going to be toughy. Um, right, Nirvana, never mind. Um... I get the name of the album mixed up. Um, is it the Black Album Metallica? Yeah. Yeah, Black Album Metallica. I get the name mixed up with the other one. Um, they're too off the top of my head. I'll let you take it over and let me think. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, Michael Jackson Thriller. I've got a wide range of music. Um Yeah, you carry on. I just have to say Slayer, Seasons in the Abyss. Metallica, Ride the Lightning. Nirvana, Unplugged. Yes. Pearl Jam, 10. And maybe Offspring Smash. Yeah, you're Offspring fan. I forget about that. I was listening to them uh, yesterday. Dookie. Dookie. Um, Blink-182. Um, I keep getting the names of the albums mixed up. Uh, the one with the nurse on the cover. What's it called now? Shit. I forget. Oh, what's... isn't that... Um, not what's uh, age again, but... It's on the album. I get the names mixed up, you know. I've um, star. Yeah. Oh man, did you hear about her story? Who, Janine? Janine? Yeah. Yeah. No. Like she was married uh, to. I forgot if this guy was. He was someone famous. Oh yeah, and, the, the the Jesse James, the motorcycle. That's, yeah, and she, 
he left her for like Sandra Bullock. Okay. And then like they got uh, them two eventually got divorced, but I don't know if she had to like fight for custody of the kids and stuff like that. And like I think it was like Sandra Bullock. This is what I heard. It's in the video allegedly. Um, you have to say allegedly these days, but like they was turning the kids on her and stuff like that. But yeah, it was like she had like a real sad story afterwards. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, they're the four that comes to mind. Like I said, my last one, it could be anything from the Beatles, it can be Prince, um, changes. I mean, I'm a big some 41 fan, so it could be anything from them, so it changes. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, it's kind of hard just right off the top of your head, but yeah. Uh, Brandon Lee Rowland, thank you. Uh, Jenna just messaged me, said his laptop's having issues. It should be on soon. Um, do you think Kevin Ash would tear a crowd doing the French tickler? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, quite possibly. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't mention it. Has CM Punk deleted post? been talked about here. Did you see his uh, post that got deleted? What post? So, I know you're not on social media, so on Instagram you can um, post um, a story and it's on for like 24 hours and it gets automatically deleted. Okay. He basically posted a post saying, so didn't he, I don't remember, he had a match against John Moxley last year for the title and it, essentially it was like a squash match Moxley beated him within a couple of minutes, if that. Right, right, yeah. So, according to Punk, this is all allegedly, on this post he wrote, he was saying fat, he was injured, he didn't want to work, but Tony Khan made him work. And oh, because he's on that really tough once-a-month schedule? Yeah. yeah. And um, Jonah! Said, What's up? Sorry I'm a little late. How's it going? We're in Cafe the middle crew. of a uh... Drama, drama king CM Punk here. Go ahead. Oh, story, James. Oh, that's fine. Uh, so yeah, he was saying like, uh, essentially, uh, Tony Khan made him wrestle the match, and he was calling um, the likes of Jericho, um, Meltzer, some other people. No, he called Jericho Stooge, um, which is not wrong. <laughs> um, Called Jericho Stooge, Meltzer like a clown. I'm paraphrasing what he's saying. And uh, like the dirt sheets or marks and things like that. And then I found out the other day, Dave Meltzer done a 10 minute monologue, basically apologizing to CM Punk. What a pussy. So, Why is he bashing the dirt sheets? He was one of those guys that would feed shit to the dirt sheets and have people put him over on his way up. So he fucking should create his career for those guys. Yeah. I mean, there's rumors he wants to return. There's rumors people's saying to Tony, don't bring him back. So you don't know what to believe. Okay, well, initially, he, when he came back with all the buzz, he had a good rating, but by the end, he wasn't doing shit. No, they was averaging kind of what they average now, to be honest. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they'll get close to a million or maybe a million, but then a week or two later, they'll be back down to the eight low 800s. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, the thing is, <laughs> he's, he's got a diehard fan base. 
and I was a fan of punk growing up, I will admit. Um, but they are dyads, and they're convinced punk is right, everyone's wrong. And, like, obviously, you've had your stories, Kid Cash, RVD, loads of the amount of people on this show who's, you know, said this is what punk's like, not just on this show, other podcasts. It's all, is it punk has got the problem? Is it all, is it all of these people that's got the problem? <laughs> I just think he's fucking know it all. And anyway, I don't want to get into it, but I think he's a narcissist who's needs to be like the locker room leader or whatever. And I'm a, a reclusive personally. What's the, don't they have a term for that now? Like a simp or something? Uh, that's, that's, that's not what a simp is, but, uh, okay. what the fuck's it called? In, invert? Introvert. 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 Okay. You're the young kid on the agenda. You know what, those, what the kids say yeah, these days. All these terms that I'm, people use. I'm learning. A, there's a lot of simps in the wrestling community. I'll say that much. <laughs> what is a simp? A simp is, is like, yeah, tell him, Jamie. A simp is like how I talk about Liv Morgan. <laughs> so, how do you talk about Liv Morgan? Uh, no. He's like, <laughs> he, um, it's like a guy who will like kind of fiend after a woman who probably would never give him attention in the end anyway. Hey, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 Segment not now that that not so there's you, different phrases. <laughs> no man, I'm alpha. Um, no, what's the new one? Why everyone so there's alpha, there's beta. Sigma is like, a, like a god or something. That's what I'm, yeah, a sigma is like a sigma? guy who like because I never go along with the alpha males. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But you know, I don't want to sound like a big head. Well, fuck it. Yeah, I'm successful at what I do. So I'm a threat to the alpha males. Yeah. Yeah, you understand? But I'm like an introvert, like a loner. Right. Yeah. Makes great captivated TV for a podcast. <laughs> an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, well, this isn't a podcast. This is a therapy session. So yeah, we have a, we have established that. <laughs> yeah. Let's can, get to these James, questions. Can you see how many people are in the chat, James? Because I can't no. again. It says zero no. for me. <laughs> There's 175. Why well, well, can Renee only see it? That's so funny. Because I go on. I'm okay. on my laptop and I go to the actual um, channel. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 178. Yeah. Press that like button, guys. It helps the algorithm. Algorithm. Oh, no. Oh, should Limbiscuit be in the Hall of Fame? Well, why not? Everybody else is. I think so. Yeah. Didn't they? Uh, didn't they sing uh, Undertaker's theme one one year? Rolling. Was it WrestleMania twenty? What was it? Twenty. Nineteen. Or was it even before that? It was nineteen. Yeah. Nineteen. Yeah. It sang Rolling, and um, I watched it the other day. You know the promo, Rock and Austin, My Way. Yeah. Someone actually... Is Kid Rock in it? Kid Rock's in it. Yeah. Vince is a huge Kid Rock fan, right? 
Oh, is it? Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> but uh, someone there, you know, the Olympus get my way. Yeah. You, know, you think you spe- someone actually put that it. on top of uh, Brock and Omos? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Wait, I gotta see that. I, have to, I forgot to. I'll, I'll find that. And I'll send it over. Can't play it on here. Copyright, but right, it, right. It, actually, it actually gives you hyped for it. <laughs> so I said, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see how that match goes. I guess yeah. I don't know. James, was it you that said it's just for them to just so Brock picks up Omos, right? Like for the F5, yeah, like it's all for yeah. like one clip. Yeah, yeah. So uh, cool. right, I think you're on the right round now, Jonah. This one, yeah, this one right here. Okay, that's the one. Go, cool. Nagata. Thank you, Renee. Was there ever any confusion with promoters or wrestlers about your dad uh, and the Vashans promotion being called Grand Prix Wrestling? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, so the original Grand Prix wrestling was Le Grand Prix out of Montreal, right? And then uh, my father would get their tapes and play them over here. And then when they folded, my father just took the name Grand Prix wrestling. And then, um, but we called it Atlantic Grand Prix wrestling and then finally World Grand Prix wrestling. Because shit, we were using guys from all over the world, right? Puerto Rico, Japan, England, States. But I don't think there was any confusion, no. I saw a clip, um, I think it was yesterday, Andre the Giant made his MSG debut 50 years ago. No shit. Wow. Yeah, I saw, I forgot who he was facing. Um, Yeah, I forgot who he was facing. 50 years ago. 50 is a long time. No, I gotta be more than that. I uh, know you know it's seventy-three. That would be sixty years ago. Oh no, no, that would be no, that would yeah, that would be fifty years ago. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, fifty years ago. Well, who was it? I think it was like Don Callis and Lance Storm were talking about, like Andre. Not do you ever see Andre when he was young? How he can move in the ring? Yeah. Didn't clip. he do the tombstone, or did he create? He did like tombstone? the pedigree. Yeah. Oh, he did the pedigree. Dude, there's a like clip going viral with him and Anoki in Japan. You should see him fucking taking bumps for him, like over the top rope bumps and fucking yeah, he can move, dude. Andre. On the topic of giants, uh, Renee, what's the best fight you've seen in the back? Also, were you there for the infamous Big Show versus Great Kali shoot fight? And if so, how was it? I've never seen any, like, I'm assuming he means WWE. I never really saw any fights in the back. I've seen some on indie shows, but they're usually broken up fairly quick, right? Um, and I was I did not see the Big Show Great Kali shoot fight. What's the verdict on that? Did you guys hear rumors of who won? Or who was on top? Yeah, I brought it up before. Great Cali pretty much won. Really? Yeah. yeah. According to him himself, actually, yeah. He, well, I asked him about that fight, and he said, uh, he said that Big Show ended up leaving and crying, and that a few guys tried to pull them apart, but Big, Show, I think both of them just fell over. It was the fight like they they kind of grabbed mm. him and they fell over, and I maybe Kali fell on top of Big Show, and then Big yes. Show ended up crying. Yeah, crying. Yeah, 
And I think Big Show said right, something. That's right, I heard, yeah. Big Show said something along the lines, you suck, and Callie was like, you suck too. Yes. <laughs> I forgot well, he, he broke it up. I don't know if it was like Chavo or someone. Like Kali has it was like no the smallest stability. guys. Yeah. Because he's got a huge upper body, but like chicken legs, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's ever trained legs. So I don't know. That'd be hard to believe that Show would lose that one just because Kali has it a all, hard time up. Apparently it stemmed from they were like this wasn't a this was a live event, I guess, and they did like a five on five tag, something like that. And Big Show was doing his chop in the corner, and Kali started doing the chop, which is not just only a Big Show move. Like every big guy I feel does the chop, and uh, like the overhand one, and yeah. uh, and Big Show was uh, angry that Kali was stealing his move. According, that's oh, that's for what caused fuck's it. Sakes. Oh how many, God. how many how many people does the big sh- uh, does the choke slam Big Show? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> So did he get mad because he walks over the top rope too? <laughs> I always thought the way Kane got out of the ring was interesting. Remember that like, oh, backflip back, thing he did? Yeah. yeah. I've mm. been watching. I've mentioned. I've been watching Raw '98, and Taker. He's got a great way of going out. He kind of holds the top rope or the middle rope, and he slides under, like out the ring, like feet first. Yeah. Like for for a guy that size, that's impressive. To do, yeah, that is impressive. Yeah, right. I mean, we've watched the video. I've showed you, Renee, the video of Tony Khan getting into a ring. <laughs> he slid back like that. <laughs> this last tour of Noah I did last summer, I usually when I exit the ring, I do like a cartwheel over the top. Yeah, that's right. that, I yeah. came out, yeah. I hit a fucking cameraman right in the yeah. head. Yeah, <laughs> I think I I forgot. I'm sure I clipped that like a long time ago. <laughs> or someone sent it to me, but uh, it was funny. Speak of the clips, we've got a couple before we go back to the uh, thing. I don't know if you got any ready, Jonah. Uh, no, why don't you get the chat? I'll send it to myself. That'll be. I'll, I'll uh, bring up next questions. Uh, we've got only. I, I, I think I sent about five. There's one long one, but the uh, other's a pretty short one. There's a good one of Chris Van Fleet actually defending wrestling. 207 in the chat, and we only got 53 likes, guys. Please help us out and hit that like button. Helps the algorithm and makes the channel grow. Oh, yeah, we've got another announcement. We might be bringing the new series to the channel. So get us to 200 likes, and we'll uh, announce it. 200? Okay, we got to get to 200 likes. 200 likes. Uh, 2,000 likes. Let's go for it. Rex! Uh, CM Pink at it again, but to be honest, the other group ain't great either. I'm guessing he's talking about the uh, the elite. I never met any of those guys, so I can't say. Hmm. Don't know. I, Wasn't there rumors that Kenny and the Bucks were going to uh, WWF or some shit? Well, the contracts. So the contracts was meant to be up in um, February. But yeah. because of the suspensions and injuries, they must have got extended to make up for the time loss. Right. So they're probably up maybe June sort of time, July sort of time. But um, it'd be interesting when they, because they are coming up. Uh, they haven't re-signed yet as far as I know, so they will be interesting. Um, you got them clips, Jonah? Yeah. 
I've got one right here. Right, which one's this one? This is, it's not the Van Vliet one. It's somebody, it's the person getting into the ring. Oh, this one's fucking hilarious. <laughs> the gal. I mean, could you see that? Yeah. I can see it. You got the audio right. up. Uh, <laughs> let me let me test it. Let me test it. Can you guys hear this? No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh poor girl. Was this like a Did training? You... Yeah. Okay. Did you so hear who that? Who is this girl? Who is she? Uh, she's an indie worker girl. I think her name's uh, so. It says there, Succubus. Succubird. Succubus. You like the demon? Like succubus. I think it says. Yeah, does it say succubus? Yeah. Yeah, like like the demon. Oh. So oh, she uh, needs to care how to get in the ring properly. That's all. It happens <laughs> to the best of us. Yeah. All right. Here, this is the Van Vliet one. I've seen this clip before. Yeah. This is yeah. Let's see if I can. If you've got the audio on it. I know. I'm, I think what I'll do is, I could play it. And play the audio like on my phone yeah. while it's going. Tell me if that works. Okay, I'm gonna so hit essentially, play Renee, time. it's someone interviewing uh -huh. him, and he asks Chris, "Oh, do you still watch wrestling? You know it's fake, right?" So this All is right. uh, Chris defending wrestling. You well, liked wrestling, yeah? Still do, dude. You know that fake, right? Everybody knows that. So fake, I don't right? get. I don't get it. Then. But that's like saying. Do you like movies? Well, you, know, movies. That, you know they're fake, though, right? I know, but they're entertaining in their movies, and they're acting real. Like, you're, it's a movie. Yeah. These guys are good, running around a stage acting like they're kicking each other's asses that, when they're not. When you already know the Undertaker's going to take out freaking Triple R or whatever. Triple H. Yeah, Triple on. H. You already know it. Go into it. But that would be like saying you're going into a movie knowing that Tom Cruise isn't actually Maverick. No, it isn't. It isn't the same at all. Why isn't it the same? It's not real. Do you know who's going to win when you're... The audience doesn't know. So you do you? No, I don't know. <laughs> well, you're in the audience, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like that's like when you go to see any film. You don't know which characters are going to die or fall in love or whatever. You're in it for the ride. Oh, he's... Yeah, he's defending wrestling, but it's just the thing, man. Like... If you're a fan of wrestling, you'll defend it. But if you're not, you'll just bury it. That's same old song and dance been going on for years. That other guy as well, Triple R. I'm like, yeah, like you don't know who Triple H is. Yeah, he knows who. Yeah, he definitely knows. I feel like that would be an example of Alpha. No, Dude, that, when I went, oh, no, 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 I went no, that's that, that's just a cunt. When I went, to that, <laughs> remember I did that bodybuilding seminar for my friend mm -hmm. Little John. I was talking with the guy at the, at the front, and he didn't know who Vince McMahon was. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's possible that you know he doesn't know who it is. Some That's people like, don't yeah. follow it at all, dude. I'm not even Vince. I'm not even Vince. <laughs> it's I thought like you know Vince. Like, everyone knows Vince, especially, like, the guy tried to start up the WBF and shit. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know who he was. Well, I feel like there's only a few who like transcend to most people now, right? Like, if people if they've never really watched wrestling before, 
there's going to be only a few I names. Thought, I figure out. young kids these days know who Dwayne Johnson is, but they don't know who The Rock is. Yeah, yeah, that's actually true. Even a little older, like people my age, when I tell them, like, oh, yeah, The Rock, like he's, you know, former world champ, like what he is, they had no clue. Right. Crazy to me. Thank you. Follow up. Did your father have any working relation with Vern Gagne like the Vashans did? James Jonah, looking good, boys, looking real good. Thank you. He worked for Vern Gagne, but we didn't have a working relationship. Him and Stu were, I guess, pretty tight in uh, the promotion out of Montreal. But other than that, not really. He tried doing uh, the NWA thing one, one year, and then uh, Flair came in for – he was supposed to stay a week. He left after three days. So my dad said, fuck the NWA. <laughs> yeah. so, speaking of that, do you know it's – I think it's today. It's 20 years to the day or like yesterday when Vince McMahon showed up on Nitro. Oh, wow. Not 20 years, 22 years, sorry. That makes sense. Yeah, because it was 2001 when they got bought. Yeah, yeah trying to. Did, did Vince show up or was it Shane? That, well, so you got the Nitro logo, and the first thing you see it's Vince McMahon with like the raw backstage set behind him. Yeah. And he's like, who would have thought it's Vince McMahon on WCW? But, <laughs> but Shane showed up at the end of the night, didn't he? Right. Imagine I just rewatched that. Go under. How old are you, Jonah? About two? Three. Three when that happened. (laughs) But I did just watch that promo. Yeah, not even rewatch. I watched it. And uh, that promo doesn't – I don't know if the Vince part is as entertaining as it's made to be as much as when Shane comes on. Like Vince is is using a lot of like business jargon and 20 minutes, I feel like. He's going on about like how the deal closed and – the executives and the investors and it's like you're taking a class a little bit and then Shane shows up and it gets it gets very exciting. What do you think, James? Were you glued to the screen when he was cutting that promo? Well yeah man, I grew up watching Nitro and Raw and then all of a sudden Shane McMahon owns WCW. <laughs> so it, I mean it's it's up there like one of the top five moments in professional wrestling Moment. history. Yeah. Yeah. I mean not many others I can name off top of my head. All right, ninety-six likes. We got hundred and four more to go. We got an announcement to make. Next question. No, now it's what Jonah's going to WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> top favorite Kai songs. Kiss. Oh, Kiss. Kiss. Oh wow. God's oh. sake, Jonah. That's uh, <laughs> you fucking that's child. <laughs> that's that's a botch. Yep. <laughs> God of Thunder, Detroit Rock City, Rock and Roll All Night, I Was Made for Loving You. That's all I can think of off the top of my head. God gave folk, God gave rock and roll to you. Yeah, that's a good one. Are you gonna to add to that or no? Uh, you, 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 you named you named them to be honest. They're my okay. favorites. All right. 
Oh, I've got, sent, I've got you, to send Rex. you a video as well. It's eight minutes long. It's these um, rock stars telling stories about Lemmy. Oh, yeah? Oh, it's great stuff. You've got like Dave Grohl, you've got like um, D. Snyder, all these uh, people talking the stories. One guy went out drinking with Lemmy and he said Lemmy was drinking like Jack. I, and he says, I was drinking Jack, but I don't like the taste. So I'm trying to drink beer. The next month, I'm spewing up and I'm shitting myself. <laughs> and he said, Are "We this is like our first half. We got it was you'll know him straight away. A couple of months later, we're, we're doing the headline in the UK. I go backstage and there's Lemmy. How are you feeling? <laughs> and this was months later after the other session. Well, oh, some good. fun stories. I'll send it. Uh, Rex. Uh, Rex wants to know if there was a wrestler that Seth McMahon was known to be awkward around. Ooh, good question. Not that I saw. Maybe Paul, when Paul gets on here, maybe he knows, but I never saw her being awkward around anybody. We did see this. Did you guys see the Ray Ripley Airport video I showed? Yeah. AEE. What uh, currency is that? Armenia. Armenia? Yeah, we saw the video, and I I feel her, man, because, you know, when it's 5 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning, you're being bombarded by people, and they want to sign, yeah, you're tired, and, you know. So I'm surprised she didn't have the shades on to look at me's. That's what me... (laughs) That's what me and Paul would call the lambs because every time you have those big shades, all it does is give you more attention, right? <laughs> but a lot of guys would wear the shades because they're either hungover or high out, high out of their fucking gourd, right? Ah, you're United Arab Emirates. Uh, oh, is that what it is? Yeah. I thought it was Thank UAD. You. Yeah, but that's what he said. Uh, GT Hamilton, AD, United Arab Emirates. So oh, if- Middle East. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, we yeah. saw the. Uh, cool. Yeah, we saw it. And I can relate. I've been there. Uh, but I will say, I don't think we could show this clip, but a lot of people are asking for the XPW clip. James, you know, did you see it? Dude. Paul you, oh, you already saw it right now? Uh, <laughs> we can show it, but as long as you've seen it, yeah. Is that with the syringe through his schnavitz? Yeah. Oh, you didn't see that, You James? didn't see it, James? That's You gotta look. I will send it to you. I saw it on Twitter. Uh, Renee, you want to explain it? I actually sent it to me so I can do like the play-by-play. Send it to me right now. Let me go look for it. I'll send it to you also, James. Just look up XPW and it'll probably pop up. I mean, that's what people are doing now, man. They're setting themselves on fire. They're throwing themselves off balconies. They're sticking syringes in their fucking wieners. I've sent a couple of them videos to Jonah. (laughs) There's more people setting themselves on fire. Like, what about about fucking chain wrestling and inventing a new hold or a cool fucking, I don't know. Uh, well, that, that made me laugh. There, there's this one guy on Twitter, and um, 
AEW Diad. He calls himself Real One or something like that. Yeah, he's one. He's one. Them makes me laugh though. He's AEW Diad, but he's got a picture of John Cena. It makes no sense. But some way or another, he's got like a following, and like don't get me wrong, we bash AEW, we bash WWE. If AEW does something good, I praise it. If WWE does something good, I praise it. But the guy is so anti WWE. It's like, man, this is the biggest week of the year. We've got AEW Rampage Dynamite. But he was talking about the Kenny Omega and Vikingo match, and that Vikingo guy was just doing, you know, flips, flips, somersaults, and stuff. If it's for some people, then yeah, it works. But you know, I, I can only watch it so many times. And he says. I'll never understand why people like storytelling and wrestling and they want to see headlocks and, um, you know, grabbles. I'm like, well, that's why you don't understand fucking wrestling. Right. You just want to watch... Want to watch okay, so you sent me, Jonah, but I... Okay, I can't see it, Jonah. You got it right now? Oh, you can't? No, I can't see it. If you click on, do you have uh, Twitter or no? I'll I got Twitter. It says the following media includes sensitive contact, and I'm trying to view it. Oh, okay, there we go. Okay, okay, so this guy is is he butt he's butt ass naked, and he has a syringe sticking out of his dung, and he pulls up his he's oh my god, and he's uncircumcised, and he didn't shave his pubes. He has I've, a got a I've got a joke about circumcisions. <laughs> oh, this is what it's become, guys. But I don't want to say it because I don't know if it's racist. <laughs> so I'm not. 182.3 thousand views. They did um, get a huge, according to them, they got a massive boost, which I'm sure isn't isn't wrong because I actually hadn't heard of them prior to that video. And now I still don't know any of the history of the company or anything. This guy looks to be about five foot eight, weighs about 160 pounds, wearing a pink thong and having a syringe hanging out of his dong. Oh. Is it Effie? I don't know. It's some guy with long oh. hair. Looks like he's homeless. It's not, it's not GCW. Ah, uh, XPW. XPW. Miss Dosha. Thank you. $10. That's awesome. Hello, James Dona. And James, it's truly nice to see your faces. Ah, Ms. Dosha, I think you ordered some shirts. They'll be on their way this week. Speaking of faces. Oh, yes. <laughs> yep, that that's doesn't it. Look like you at all, bro. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, scared, I'm scared in case the passport officers look at, looks at him like this ain't the same person. Well, James, didn't the person know, assure you? What? Are you 36 now? Fuck off. Well, how old are you? I don't know how old you are. 33. <laughs> oh, is that it? Yeah. Okay. We're not so that far like... apart, James. Sorry? We're not that far apart. What, 10 years? <laughs> About, yeah, 10 years. Less? Nine years? Well, I'm 34 in a couple of months. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm the senior citizen in the room here. Let's see how many likes we got because I got an announcement to make. 214. Let's get to 200. There's 224 of you watching. That chat is for you, Renee. 
Uh, that chat's for you. Let's get to the next super chat, Renee. That's right, Sean. You know the deal. James has beautiful eyes, said by go. Chris Benoit. <laughs> That's great. A bit bloodshot. Chris Benoit. <laughs> Chris Benoit. Have you been paying attention to the um, court proceedings about TikTok? No. No. Enlighten me. Uh, do you go on TikTok much now? I no, go on I a, a fair amount. I I don't think Renee would be a TikToker. Maybe. I like it because I, I see funny videos and I'm always sharing yeah. them. Paul said to me, he says, no one sends me more TikTok videos than you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so TikTok's from China and it's in court at the minute because America essentially, they're trying to get TikTok banned. Yeah. And um, there's the guy and like, he's, he's, he's this stout conservative. <laughs> but the way he talks, it's like, is it true that Tic Tac shows facial recognition so you can share it? I'm, and I'm thinking, yeah, every fucking media, uh, social media app does it. Facebook, Twitter, the platform we're currently using now. But the way he talks, it's like, do you know that episode of South Park? The wrestling. The Hicks. What do you mean <laughs> it's real? <laughs> That's how he sounds like. Yeah. And he, he's talking to this, you know, the guy representing TikTok, and the guy is dumbfounded. He's looking at him, he's like, is this guy serious? But they're saying, like, China's using it because they can use facial recognition and they're selling our privacy to other companies and shit like that. Even though Facebook's been guilty of doing that for quite a while now. And you, you, there's reports from BBC and such, leaked, you know, profiles, data and everything. The reason why they're trying to get it banned, simple as this, it's because of the Benjamins, because of the money, because I don't know how it is. TikTok has nailed the algorithm for getting videos up for people, what people want to watch. And YouTube's trying to do it with shorts. We post shorts, but I'd be honest, I don't really watch the shorts because I use YouTube to watch long-form videos. If I want to watch quick videos, I'll stick TikTok on. Facebook has got like stuff in that, but I don't know who's on Facebook anymore. Um, and obviously, Instagram's got its reels and stuff. But what it is, because TikTok has nailed the algorithm, it's taken so much money away from Silicon Valley, basically. And that's why they want to ban it because, you know, they are, they're taking all our money. <laughs> so they want it back. So that's why, simple as that, it's all about money. Everything in the world, it's about money, whatever it is. Uh, c'est la vie. And we got a guy. I, God, I got to turn off this fucking thing. I don't want to look at a guy with a syringe hanging out of his wiener. <laughs> Any good triple R stories? Did. Who is that? Did Hunter like him? Fixtream. Look, I brought the shades just for you, bud. Nice. Uh, Triple R, yeah. Um, Who's great him? guy. <laughs> Did Hubder like him? Loved him. Speaking of that, where is Paul London? He said 30 minutes. He says 30 minutes. He meant 60. He'll be on soon. <laughs> 
to a Habs fan? Um, I hate to break it to all you Canadians out there, but I don't watch hockey. I tried getting into it when I was a kid, but it wasn't for me. So sorry. Question for all gangrene doing good. Thank you. $10 question for all favorite moments in wrestling history. For me, it's Eddie winning the title. I get goosebumps every time I watch it back, the crowd, the commentary, all of it was just incredible. Well, that's a good question. All right. You start. Yona. Me. Uh, well, this is going to be a, this is a generational question for sure. Uh, mine is going to be a little newer. I liked when uh, Jeff Hardy, 2008, 2008, yeah, won that title, Triple H. That was awesome. Big fan of that. Big moment for my childhood. Mine was when Paul London joined Cafe Day. Renee, oh, there he is. Paul! <laughs> the only reason I do this is I'm like, you know what? James is a bit older now, but I need to make his childhood. I need to fucking <laughs> I need to go back in time and make his childhood. How you guys doing? Good. Oh, we're just Paul, doing good. In the dream. Paul, what's your favorite moment in wrestling history? Uh God, that's like what's your favorite song or what's your favorite movie? That's pretty broad. Um what did you guys say? Just me so far. I said uh, 2008. Jeff Hardy won the world title. That was. I think I was. I'm kidding. I was ten. I was ten. Big oh. moment. Ten year old Jonah. Yeah. Favorite wrestler. So was it hard for you to like see him uh, in situations like recently? Probably right. Definitely. Yeah. That was that was sad. I actually. No, I was a big big Jeff Hardy fan. Yeah. Like he. Like in school and stuff, I wore those Jeff Hardy armbands and like oh, I was Jesus I was over, overtaken by the Hardy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm only only wrestling fan, like only wrestling fan for miles where I went to school too. Yeah, but I, I wore him in, and uh, he definitely he was a big part. Um, Hold on, wait. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you would like go through? You would go to like Hot Topic, I imagine, or Hot Topics at the mall. Be like, do you guys have any of those like those like raised pants with like the fifty straps on them that don't mean anything? And do y'all have like, like do y'all have the pantyhose hand? Like do y'all have those like, the Hardy Boys and things? And they're like, what? I mean, we have some right we have some tight girl section or something. Is that what you mean? And you're like, yeah, like just. And I, and I slapped those on it. Actually, everyone thought my arms were broken constantly. Like, they thought there was some type of weird <laughs> thing. But, <laughs> but yeah. did, you walk around, did you walk around the halls in school and go, hey! <laughs> no, no, that I can safely say. <laughs> Every time he went swimming lessons off the diving board. Oh. <laughs> Seriously. That's funny. Okay, I mean, Paul. I guess... Renee doesn't have that much room to talk since he would walk with, he, as he told me, the books in one hand and a five-pound jug of protein in the other hand or something. I knew what I wanted to do, all right? And I was focused. That's true. That's the lesson here to all the young listeners. Uh, who, 
want to wear hose on our hands or carry protein to school. Like, don't let anyone tell you how to live your life or what to do with your dreams. That's right. But, Paul, what moment did you know watching wrestling that that's what you wanted to do? Well, I didn't um, <clears throat> I didn't start off by watching wrestling. I think I've mentioned this before, but I started off by being exposed to it in magazines. Right. So um, that that kind of hooked me pretty early on because, you know, as a young kid, you're your mind has to make sense of what you're seeing. And since it wasn't movement, it was just still images. This particular, this particular issue was like the 1991 WWF magazine, I think with like Hogan on the cover and he's like clutching a flag and he looks all oily, like chili con queso. And, um, and so it was like coverage of the Royal rumble. So I was like, I, I understood the rules just, you know, kudos to the photographers back then or to any wrestling photographers, really. Um, but in terms of watching it, man, I don't I don't know if there was ever like a specific moment that I can remember where I thought like, this is it. Like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. I, I feel like it was just understood in my head. And I just expected everyone else to understand it around me without saying anything. And okay, so so was, were you like, were you like embarrassed to admit that you were a wrestling fan? No, uh, I mean, I am now. Um, but no, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I guess it depends. No, but I was usually that kid who stood up for it, you know, and it was like, no, you don't understand. Like, it's, I feel like I've been doing that my whole life with all my interests, you know. Where it's like, no, you, it's not okay. Yeah, I know it's like a bunch of like half naked guys in their underwear rubbing up against each other. Like, I had this one syringes in their dicks, you know. I, I figured we'd go for that in a little bit. <laughs> but like, I remember specifically um, when I was 16, maybe 17 at this point, that one of my first kind of serious uh, girlfriends, I would go to her place. And watch. I would I would sometimes watch wrestling or whatever, but her dad was this um, this alcoholic, and he was always kind of on edge. And I remember he handed me the remote, and he goes, "Hey, watch you know watch what you want you know make yourself at home." So of course, like a mark, I'm like, "Oh, what time is it? Seven o'clock? Oh, I can watch like the first hour of Nitro, and then I'll switch over and watch." two hours of raw and, you know, flipping back and forth depending on who's on. So I remember I um, turned on nitro cause it was three hours back then. And um, don't get any ideas, Tony Khan, um, please. Uh, and it was, I want to say it was like maybe disco versus Alex Wright or something. And it might've just been the Alex Wright on TV, but he was walking around and he's walked and he stopped. And he was like, wrestling isn't this for f word no way yeah like loud though where like everyone could hear him i mean it was just her and her mom and her dad but he was like wrestling isn't this for fun isn't this this is all for fun you know and he's like 
I was like, uh, I mean, uh, no, you know, it's, it's, it's not what it looks like. What's that? It's yeah, not what it looks, not what like. It looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. There's yeah. A, there's like this one video that goes around. James, maybe you've seen it. It's like a series and it's like wrestling when anyone else walks in versus yes, when you're watching yes. it alone. Yeah. And it'll yeah. be, yeah. It's those clips. Like there was one I just yeah. saw. I think it's Kurt Angle. He's trying a German suplex picture off the uh, apron. He's yeah. just like yeah. thrusting yeah. into him repeatedly. Or Yeti doing like the dry hump. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's like this, these two giant guys sandwiching another guy. I find it funny whenever someone says to me, oh, James is homophobic. I'm like, I want... <laughs> wrestling. That's, that's I watch grown men in their underwear and baby oil. I am the furthest thing from homophobic you can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I was like, if you think that's uh, check out this gold dust guy, he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't I don't know. I, I can't <clears throat> I can't really pinpoint a specific time, but I was just obsessed with it, man. Like I was just obsessed with it. It was you know, I would uh I think Superstars came on, I think, Sunday mornings, and my mom would be like, come on, let's go to church. I'm like, I don't feel good. I'm sick. And uh, anything I could do to get out of any obligation that would keep me from watching wrestling, um, I would do it just because I was that obsessed with it. And, you know, a lot of people may not know this, but <clears throat> when I started wrestling, uh, when I was – well, I, I first went to train when I was 16 – and that was a big lesson learned because it was we got you know I just got ripped off. Um, thanks, Adrian Street. Um, but then when I was nineteen is when I really started getting into it and training. But then I started traveling, and I kept it a secret from my from my folks for a good two years. And this was like I was going to Japan. And, you know, they're like, where are you? I'm like, I'm in New Mexico with my mom. <laughs> I got to go. Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, it was nuts. It wasn't until I was in New York staying with my brother, who was going to school there at the time, that um, – or I might have been in Philly. I'm not really sure. But uh, I was already working for Ring of Honor, and RF Video used to send these paper catalogs of their – of their tapes that you could order. And I remember my dad called up to my brother's place when I was up there and he knew that I was up there. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm gonna go see my brother. And, uh, he was like, we got to talk. Something came in the mail and it was like an RF video catalog. And I was on the cover of it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. like, well, secrets out. Shit. Um, <laughs> it's shitty when I think back on it, but you know, I think most parents, Renee's parent, Renee's father as well. I would imagine, even though you getting into wrestling was more acceptable, um, I'm not going to say it was expected of you. Maybe it was, but I would think even he had concerns. Did he not? Like when you were like, "Dad, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this," you know? Like, did he? I'm sure he had concerns as well. Did he not? Yeah, he didn't want me to do it, but. He knew I was crazy, and I loved it. Yeah. Because I had, like, posters all over my walls, right? Right. I, had, I would save my uh, lunch money and go get the WWF magazine every month when it would come out. 
and then I would go into because he had magazines from like remember like the wrestler or whatever or yeah, yeah. wrestling illustrated the wrestler yeah yeah so he had stacks of those so I'd like take out Dick the Bruiser and you know uh, superstar Billy Graham I'm fucking fucking Mac. Yeah, your mom yeah. walked in the bathroom. She's like, what are you doing? You're like looking at the centerfold. Like, what is it, Brody? I said, She's like, oh, okay. Right. But I used it as motivation because I wake up every day to see all that. So I knew that's what I wanted to do, right? So that motivated me to get into the gym and work out and, you know, buy my tubs of protein and bring it to school. Hell yeah. Anybody says anything, you're like, I'm three times your size. I will kill you. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't. Posters were, yeah, if, I, if there were posters available, what I would do is I would cut out the wrestlers in the magazines that I liked and I would like tape or glue them to a poster board. So I would make these collages and my walls were covered with collages of uh, wrestlers. That's actually how I found out. I remember cutting out a picture of Marty Jannetty doing a jumping like fist uh, punch or something off the second um, to a, to like a job guy. And then as the attitude era was going, I remember I'd always look at all these pictures, just kind of like, this is going to happen. I remember looking at the job guy and I was like, holy shit, that's Steve Blackman. But he was like heavier. He was like softer. He wasn't ripped. Blackman. He looked at my dad, right? He must have, yeah. But yeah. I think he did. He did do Canadian. I, I, this might have been. I know he. I, I think he went through Stampede. He must have worked for your dad. Yeah, my dad called him Hercules. Really? Yeah, he looks like it. Yeah. <clears throat> he looks like it. So. But yeah, he was softer, like thicker. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't at all like what you think of as like the lethal weapon. Mm -hmm. um, but I was just, I just love, I just loved it, man. Like it's one of those things. Like I, I, I've said this in the past where it's like you can. You can take the wrestler out of the ring, but you can't you can't take the ring out of the wrestler, man. Like you really can't. Like no matter how many times you might tell yourself, like, ah, like fuck this, I'm not doing this anymore. Like I'm done. It doesn't mean that you stop loving it. And when people might get critical because we're so opinionated on here, or anybody for that matter who's very opinion opinionated about it, it. it at the at the at like the bottom line is not that we're bashing stuff. It's it, it it actually really does come from a place of love, because we love it and we're obsessed. We're passionate with it. about it and want to yeah yeah you want to see it be what you know it can be, and and so when you just get repeatedly hit over the head with what it what it isn't anymore. You know, it's it sucks. It sucks. But I still fully believe it can be what it used to be. Like, I was just watching um, Midnight Rockers and uh, Buddy Rose and Doug Summers yes. from uh, September 2nd, 1986, Showboat Casino, Bloodbath Tag Match, AWA. It was just like, not that I expect the fans to go back into it and be like, oh, my God, this is so real. But the way that that match was presented and how wrestling was presented at the time and, and for a while after that, it, it was just, I mean, they believed it. Like the, the, the wrestlers believed it. They, they treated it like it was real. And so it was just so much easier for the fans, even though they thought like, oh, this is kind of hokey. 
or like I think this is predetermined. It didn't. None of that mattered because the presentation. Well, they had to because their fucking paycheck depended on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it's just you know, it's one of those things that I'm like, it, you know, it's like people who who say, oh, you know, why do you guys who who cares if we get on social media and jerk each other off after a big match? Like everyone knows wrestling's fake, but that is the laziest, laziest. Um, most non-committal excuse, uh, in my opinion, because kayfabe is only as dead as the people who kill it, you know, and and it's only as alive as the people who keep it alive. So it's it really boils down to commitment, and and that's the true art form of it, in my opinion, um, making the audience believe again, because it's doable. They're still, still violent. It is. It is. You know, um, do we lose James? He's had enough of it. We gotta get these questions because we're backed up there, Paul. Yeah, sorry. I just I love this Cock stuff. Cock Lesnar, thank you, Jonah, fellow Cock New Yorker. Oh, great to have you here. Uh, have you ever been to those bars that show wrestling pay-per-views in the city like Legends Bar? I have actually been to these. Mm -hmm. I tried that. I tried Legends, which is actually popular. Uh, and then I tried another bar once for, I think it was like a Royal Rumble. I went to see if it would be cool to watch my friend and I go to a bar to watch with like fellow wrestling fans. Not a single person in that bar uh, watching the show with us. And so we had some food and packed up midway and came back to my place to finish it off because it was very depressing. At, do they still air it at Hooters or do they actually that? I'm not a Hooters fan frequent myself but they might they might air it at hooters there's one in uh queens i think right uh right under like an overpass that i used to go by a lot on the bus and i feel like that would air hooters if i'm correct actually enzo amore if you know him he managed a hooters and i think it might have been that one and so they might they might show it there but what about scores do they still show it there where <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been to that strip club. I think I have. For the longest time, that was like always associated with wrestling for some reason. Remember that? I don't know if that was during like the Shotgun Saturday Night days or what, but mm. um, yeah, I'll, I would go to um, a place. Um, actually, I think I don't know if Renee and I were on. I think it, were you at that after party when we last saw each other in England? Yeah, you were outside the whole time. Yeah, I think this is because it was WrestleMania and it was like eight hours long. I was just like, oh my god. Um, where I was hanging out with Lionheart, uh, rest in peace, yeah. Lionheart. Was yeah, thing, so it's always fun, like you know, like you were saying, Jonah, it's better when everyone there is a wrestling fan, it's an atmosphere and it's kind of rowdy. It's similar to what I, I mean, I think that whole thing has kind of been replaced by like the UFC cards and yeah, you'll still get all those people who are on there and they're like, well, my fucking chicken wings, bro. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a water. I, I will UFC say last weekend. it's very, Oh yeah. My boy Leon Edwards defended the title. Did you help train him like Seagal? Yeah, man. <laughs> I was there, you know, in spirit. That's cool. Is he is he already fought or is it coming up? No, he fought in London. He um, defended the title against uh, Camus. Camus was unbeatable, and Edwards beat him last 
August. So this was the big rematch in London. Uh, Edwards born in Jamaica, but he's been living in England since he was like three. And uh, yeah, he defended the title. So got an English boys champion. Nice. Hell yeah. <clears throat> nice. Next question. Next question. Next question. Did we even answer that last question? Randomly. That was the bar one, I think. There is this one pizza place down the block that just started showing wrestling. I was going to say. Comet Pizza or? No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Favorite WrestleMania, everyone. Mine is 21. Really wanted Randy to beat Taker that year. Still real to me, damn it. What's your favorite Mania, Renee? Um, WrestleMania, either one or three. Why? Because I'm not questioning was, it. I'm just curious. When I was a little kid, I watched WrestleMania one nonstop to the point my parents had to hide the tape from me. <laughs> and then uh, WrestleMania three, just because Savage and Steamboat, Piper and Adonis, fucking even fucking um, Harley Race and Junkyard Dog, Strike Force versus Orton and uh, Morocco to open the show. Yeah. Oh no, it wasn't Strike Force. It was kind of connection. Yep. Yeah. So you invested in that. Jake. Jake versus Honka Tonk. That was super. Do you have a favorite, James? Uh, yeah, 17. 17. Uh, Rock and Austin. Uh, TLC2, Benoit, Kurt Angle. Um, I just love that. <laughs> uh, take of Feature Plate was actually, it was a bit long, but it was a good match. Um, triple Threat Hardcore match for the title between Kane, Big Show, and Raven, where Raven nearly cut the feed off WrestleMania because he nearly went into the <laughs> wire. I uh, really remember that. That's funny. Gimmick WrestleMania, battle WrestleMania 3 also has Billy Jack Haynes versus Hercules, where Billy Jack has him with the Tool um, Nelson. Nelson on the outside and pukes on him because he has so much Viking in him. No shit. If they yeah, showed it, it, I didn't remember that. Yeah, I'll go watch. Yeah, Billy Jack told me the story. He had taken like 20 Viking before the match, and uh, he got him on the outside with the full Nelson and puked all over Hercules. He's like, now listen, Renee, this, the point of this story I'm telling you is just cap out at 10 Vikes. <laughs> Don't go above that. Yeah, anything above 10 Vikes is too much. <clears throat> yeah. I uh, guess I have – I'll probably get shit on for this, but <laughs> my – my favorite mania is WrestleMania nine from Vegas. I like, it. I like nine. I just love it. I loved that whole era of WWF. I loved that it was outdoors. I loved the the kind of uh, Caesar's Palace. Um, theme. Yeah, the theme that was kind of going on. You know what I mean? And um, I mean, WrestleMania 10 would be a very close one as well, but WrestleMania 9 just, yeah, it's just one of those um, one of those shows that I can watch from start to finish, and I had an investment in almost pretty much every match. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that Head Shrinkers Steiner's match is pretty underrated, man. Shit, wasn't there a crazy bump? Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. He's on the shoulders. 
Scott, Scott Steiner's on this, or it might be Rick. I think it was Scott. It's Maybe Scott. it was Rick. It's Scott. I think it might actually been. Was it okay? We're on the shoulder. Yeah. And Samu or whatever jumps at him like they're gonna do like almost like a doomsday device, and he power slams him out of that while being um, on the shoulder. He counters that into a that was, that was that was Rick. That was Rick. Okay. I was thinking of a different one they did. When with the uh, flapjack and he goes he, tumbling yeah, he outside. Yeah, out that one. Ring. Yeah. That yeah. One. Oh yeah. It's just awesome. It's just awesome. I just I don't know. And there was something about the wind um blowing in some you know in their hair and like just that just that just kept it alive is like this is outdoors. Like this is I don't know. It was just different. It was just very different. Um didn't Bobby in- Hannon ride ride backwards on an elephant to the ring or a- I'm <laughs> and there was an awesome Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. Yeah. That's the ghost dealer right there. Um <laughs> if you yeah. are interested, I've got a full review of that on my old channel. It's like oh, these yeah. other guys. And here's a hilarious review. We actually watched the shows, Renee, when we're reviewing them. Oh, there you go. <clears throat> yeah, and they had that cool setup in the back where uh, Sean jumped Mr. Perfect and he had the bleached jeans tucked into the cowboy boots and like hits him with like a broomstick or something. And the oh, show was perfect, just perfect work, Lex Luger in that pay per view, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, and he got knocked out, and that's when they were like playing up the metal in his uh, forearm. Oh, okay. And um, he had uh, Doink Crush. Crush and Doink. Yeah, I was a huge Hawaiian Crush fan. Uh, so Tom- Bruh, you make your kids cry, bro. <laughs> yeah. Tatanka and Sean. Um, Money Inc. work. They worked. Natural Disasters? No, that yeah, was eight. No. Was it LRD? Mega Maniacs, brother. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, yeah, where Hogan showed up. Okay, I'm, I'm tired of talking yeah, about it. Hogan had the, like, the gym yeah. accident. Yeah. Is that oh, rumored yeah. to be Savage knocked him out? Is that the rumor? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's the rumor. I, I like to believe that rumor, but that's not why it happened. What we'll believe it's what, that. Why? Well, I'm, what was it? Because I, oh, I just watched it and I saw the it eye. A, it was a jet ski accident. Oh, you do- oh, Hogan? Yeah, yeah, like jet ski hit him. Well, I like to believe that I was thought that was man. Brutus. I thought Brutus got the jet ski. No, that was um, a flipping... Oh, parasailing, parasailing. Yeah, like right. this girl's knees went straight into his face, destroyed his face. You fucked up my haircut. <laughs> it, was right, <laughs> it was right before he was going to get a run with the IC belt as well. Well, the rumor, too, is that... Um, Hogan didn't want to do the job for Brett. And for SummerSlam, the following, uh, you know, a few months later, they was going to have a match at SummerSlam. I thought that was um, building up. Yeah, they were going to do Brett and Hogan, and Hogan didn't want to do the job with Brett. And so they started working Yoko into the into the angle. And that's when I was that I was pissed. I was pissed when Brett lost to Yoko. But then Hogan comes out and just cleans up in like a minute. I'm like, no. <laughs> oh. God dang it. Have you ever um, read Brett's book on that moment? I don't think so. Maybe I've uh, seen X. So that, that, that part I've read a million times. He says, I'm waving Hogan on. I'm like, go on, Hulk. Steal my title. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. 
Okay, we got 269 watching, but only 137 likes. 200 likes. I got a major announcement from uh so hit that like button. Likes up. Those fucking likes up. Stacy, Tori, Trish, and Lita, the real horsewomen, the champ. Hell yeah. Thank you, champ. Stacy? Hall of Famer. Come on. Oh, yeah, Stacy Keebler is going to put in the Hall of Fame, dude. Yeah. So, so who would she have been in the Horsemen? Um, Sid? <laughs> Mongo McMichael? <laughs> Fuck this shit. Here comes Mongo. Man, he's still doing. He's still in rough shape, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't kicked out yet. I'm still hanging Man. in there. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with this. The real horsewoman on that one. Oh, no problem with the typo. That stuff will be sent out, Miss Disha nine five six seven zero. Yeah, and uh, thank you. You'll get a nice signed eight by ten personalized for you. Yeah, and anybody listening, uh, I want to make new um, t-shirts and merchandise, but I gotta sell what I got now. So if you can find it in your heart to uh, purchase what's left from the Shopify, so I can make new um, new merch. Oh, um, I'll, I'll mention it. Uh, there's a guy. Uh, he's actually in the chat now. He messaged me. He's got some uh, interesting designs if we're interested in having some new match. So, like you said, when we get rid of this match, um, we'll see what ideas he's got. Fire sale. Yep. So go on the <laughs> Shopify and order some stuff. Hey, Paul. We were discussing a guy wrestling with a syringe stuck in his wiener. Hope your CRTV is doing good. Paul's yeah. the one that's sent it to me, Rex. See, oh, I did send it to you, huh? Yeah. CRTV is uh, it's collecting the proper amount of dust as it should. Um, Fuck. Yeah, I know Hardbody. He's a good guy. He's a good kid. Is I that Hardbody? Uh, yeah. He's the one that did it? He's Canadian, isn't he? I know him. I, I didn't <laughs> recognize him. Hardbody, what the fuck's wrong with you? Because you were looking at his dick. <laughs> oh my god. I toured with him before. He's a good dude. Um not uh, anymore. I so, mean uh, there's two sides to the coin there, you know. It's like do I get people talking but at what it but at you know, but to what extent? Um you know, I was talking to a friend of mine uh who manages my bookings. And we were talking about it, and he's very much like with the times, and like, oh, this person should get canceled, and this, and I'm like, oh, shut up. Um, but there was years ago. I don't know if y'all remember. Um, I think she's is it Gigi Dolan or whatever. But she was Priscilla Kelly, oh, and yeah, she had done about. the spot where she pulled the fucking like bloody tampon out and yeah. put it in somebody, you know. And so I'm not saying one's worse than the other. But there is you you are playing with fire when you're exposing yourself 
on a public show. I don't care who it's for, you know, like, so that's, that, that might be a tough one to rebound from, you know, um, and people are like, well, there's kids in the audience. I'm like, well, honestly, that's on the parents. Like, you're going to bring your kids to an XPW show? Like, you're trash. Yeah, but it went viral on the internet with kids looking at it. Yeah, and I get that. But is it is it uh, is it worse to see it on a screen or in person, right? So, um I don't know. That's a tough one. And I don't know if that was his call or maybe it was Rob Black's call. I don't really know. But that that, that might be a tough one to rebound from. I don't know. All right. Did, did you Jonah, did y'all see that spot? Yeah, I did see that. Uh, apparently, according to the company, it was so take it with a grain of salt, if you will, but they apparently that boosted them like Hugely, which I believe that clip. I don't know if it did well for the company overall, but that was every that clip was everywhere. I mean, they're not above shocking people. If it gets people talking, they'll do it. You know, they booked um, whatever the hell his name is, some fucking hillbilly uh, who's got domestic violence issues and heroin possession and some other shit on there who was canceled, I guess, uh, a while back, and they, they put him right on there at this last show. So who I, I think if you're expecting XPW to have standards, you're already missing the point. Cock Lesnar, Paul, why did you do the Frankenstein zombie walk during your entrance? I thought it was great. I don't know what, what when. I don't know. I'm trying to explain you. Did you coming see? out? Yeah. And then you start running. Oh. <laughs> like this. You like this. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't really remember where that came from. Um, Frankenstein. That's interesting. I never never heard it put that way. Or the zombie walk. Uh, I guess we're all zombies when we're working up there. But um, yeah, I don't know. It didn't. It didn't really get over, so I didn't keep doing it. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. I mean, that's that's the beauty of wrestling is you try stuff and you get rid of it if it doesn't seem to be working. And I don't know. I think I think when I had that, I think he's talking about when I had like tassels and a fur coat and stuff. That was like. <sighs> cosmic caveman kind of gimmick so i think it was kind of a thing of i'm i'm bigger than i really am and um i'm gonna shake the arena with my stomps i don't know it's <laughs> a good answer for you cock lesnar it was <laughs> uh what was it like working with kane horrible next question <laughs> uh, great actually it's kind of awkward at first because it's not you don't always work with like 7 foot 350 pound guys right so there's like timing issues and stuff but you can move for a big fella yeah you never wrestled Kane did you oh my no. god no 
just hung out at his house. Miss Tisha, oh this my God, thank you so much. Forty bucks, thank you. That's yeah. huge, Paul. This is your punishment for being late. Please share with us the dialogue that would take place between a tr talking trash can and Blubber Ray Fugly's power gut after it OD'd on sweet potato fries. <laughs> wow, this is layered. <laughs> much like, <laughs> much like the sweet potato fries, and much like uh, Blubber's uh, protruding stomach. Um, he's also known as Alex Jones now. Um, so we call him Blubber Jones. <laughs> Blubber Jones is pretty good. Blubber Jones. Pretty good. I, that would have been funny, though, had he been at the theater um, when I was doing that. I guess it could have been like, Mmm, um, thanks. Those sweet potato fries were delicious. You're a piece of shit. Um, thanks for throwing away your trash. The what? I think Sly got kicked out of the 3D by accident one, one time, and it was like, as if someone raped his mother. He was flipping the fuck out. It's like, can you believe you kicked out of the 3D? <laughs> yeah, we did. And we'll do it again. I don't think he would have fit in that trash bin now that I think about it. That's like, thanks for the sweet potato fries. Now throw yourself in here, you fat fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, he's... He's something else. I saw a clip of some match at Simpact where it looked like they were having a good match, and then it was like, why? Why does he have to come out and <laughs> interfere and like be a part? Like, I mean, I know why because has to Tommy Dreamer's the Booker, and they're putting themselves in the main event constantly. Yeah, good job. Wait, he jumped off a uh, ladder that was six inch tall. He jumped <laughs> off a ladder that was six inch tall. I didn't see that. It was it was literally that high the ladder. <laughs> so blubber climbed on a six inch tall ladder and jumped off. Yeah, and it didn't break. It. Well, the, you had to have the referee hold it. <laughs> I'm being serious. The referee was holding this little ladder <laughs> for him. Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a comment I just read here. I guess the first time Scott Hall met the Dudley boys, he probably got wind by his click friends that Blubber was a mark for himself. So he went up to Blubber and goes, hey, man, I love your finish. Can't wait to kick out of it. Who said that? <laughs> Scott <Good> Hall. <laughs> awesome. 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 I wonder what his reaction was to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Goodwillie. Thank you. Paul, know you're down on Kidman through your experiences, but compare and contrast him and Brian as partners. 13-year-old me and 30-year-old me loved both teams. Thank you, Jack. Thanks, Jack. Goodwillie. That's a work name. Jack Goodwillie. That's a great name. <laughs> Uh, Brian was definitely a much better partner. I mean, we were friends before, and Kidman and I were more so acquaintances, you know? So with Brian, 
you know, that's somebody that I could ride with. We could share hotels with, you know, with each other. We could train together. Um, that was real chemistry. <clears throat> Whereas yeah, with because Kidman would always bury you behind your back. Yeah. yeah, he's just a piece of shit. You know what I mean? I think uh, he's one of those guys that allowed his jealousy to get the better of him. And it wasn't like I was trying to, like, I, I got there and I was like, I'm going to replace this fucking idiot. Um, it, you know, I think he just, just felt the heat from me being ton, you know, way more athletic than he ever was. And uh, clearly having a better shooting style than his ever was and having a better physique than he ever did. And, uh, and all these, you know, whatever. But when they put us together, we would, we, we tried to make it work as best we could. And so, and I, and I, I value that time because he did teach me stuff, you know, in terms of like slowing down and emphasizing, um, you know, kind of like putting these exclamation points on a spot that would keep you from throwing stuff away, you know? So there was, I, I am grateful for that, uh, that experience, but it wasn't, you know, at all as enjoyable as when I teamed with Brian, because again, like we were already friends. We were friends before either of us ever got there. And, um, we just, you know, we had wrestled each other at ring of honor. Um, we had traveled together, you know, we'd, yeah. So and we, we were closer in age and we had a similar sense of humor. And so definitely more enjoyable teaming with Brian, um, than it ever was with, with Kidman. <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble. I hope you're still, <laughs> I hope 13 and 30 year old you are still, or you you hope you're okay. I hope you're really still good. Yeah. Sham. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Was Julian going to be Lundrick's valet in 2006? Not that I know of. There was no real talks about it. I think she might have come out with us. Uh, this was probably right before they put Ashley with us. Um, th no, I think that was just like a, a one or two off mixed tag kind of match thing. Um, but but we liked Jillian. I mean, she was cool. She was always real cool and, um, you know, a capable worker, you know, and uh, very solid worker and um, – I mean, she could even be one of those ones that they, they might have missed the boat on. You know, they could have really done something with her. Uh, same goes with Cherry, you know, from uh, the Greasers. Like, she's also a capable worker and great person. Not a bad word said about her. She never said yeah, anything. she's a sweetheart. She really is, you know. But, again, like, you never heard her talk. You never – they didn't, just didn't do anything, you know. Um, if their attention isn't – there on that particular thing, then it's just going to get brushed aside. And they've done that with countless people. They've, that's just part of their structure. So, but in terms of Jillian, no, that was just a couple of one-off mixed tag matches. There was never any discussion that they were going to put us together. So, sorry, champ. I'm a sad. Chris J, thank you. I appreciate you guys doing these live streams, man. It always makes my day better. Renee, where are the shades? Looking good, boys. Looking real good. 
Uh oh. With the spike tear. Yeah, this Dude, is uh I didn't bring gel in today, so it's all over the place. Nah, it looks better without the gel, man. Are you kidding me? I use wax. You really? Mm. But then you have to like wash it out before you go to bed, right? Or Yeah, but gel makes you go great. I didn't use no damn gel, man. This is fucking all natural. <laughs> yeah, no. but I'm trying I'm still young. <laughs> What the hell is that? What, you man. fucking old fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kenny Bowler and be like, can we just block this guy? Can we block this <laughs> guy? Speaking of Kenny Bowler, who would like to see him? This is for the chat. Who would like to see oh, Kenny shit. back on the show? Nobody? Crickets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's for the chat. We're not, we're, we are the chat, but you're saying we the listeners. Yeah. Just saw Tumbleweed go past. Don't have Tumbleweed? Oh, Eddie Dennis announces retirement. You will be missed. Who? Who? Okay. He's an English lad. Yeah, he's actually Welsh. All right. Yeah. How old is he? Um, I think around my age. Mentally unstable nerd wants to know our takes on CM Punk's tweets on Meltzer and Plumber Moxley. Refresh, my uh, I have no idea about any of this. Oh come on, bro! Uh, me and Tommy don't just... follow Phil. The second I see <laughs> names, I just don't bother. I erase. I like. I hit the like. Not interested in this. Uh, or mute this account or whatever the hell it is. I'm like, I don't want to see this shit on my timeline. So I don't, I don't, I don't see any of it. Mentioned it earlier. Basically, said that Tony Khan forced him to work injured against John Moxley, and then he said Jericho was a stooge. Okay, I believe half of that. <laughs> um, I'll let you decipher which one I believe, <laughs> but. Don't you think if you're being paid what he's reportedly been paid, um, I don't know, like you should be used. I'm not saying you should work if you're, we all work injured. That's the fucking nature of the beast. If you are waiting to be a hundred percent so you can wrestle a match again, I don't care who it's against, then you're full of shit. Like you're, you're not all about it. If anything, you're trying to figure out ways that you can still work your match injured um, for the betterment of the company or for the betterment of your profile or whatever it is, you know, you're not, you're not crying about it afterwards, you know, especially like, you know, if he was being paid nothing, then like, that's one gripe, but to be one of the top five paid guys in the company, um, Guess what? Your responsibilities are a lot, a lot higher than ninety-five percent of the like of the roster, a thousand people. Your responsibilities are a lot higher. So, is Renee reading the tweets right now? Is that what he's doing? That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> are you real? Meltzer Magoo called uh, no, Punk called Meltzer Magoo a liar. Liar. Um. About what? 
I'm not saying he's not a liar. I think that everyone. Well, he probably got mad because he didn't give him 27 stars like he did uh, Kenny Omega. Speaking of uh, list, did you see the? I don't know if it was real. The list of what the wrestlers were getting paid in 2006. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, that was, <laughs> was that bullshit? You was getting, you, you was getting paid more shit. than RVD. You were getting, yeah. Listen, I was like, who, who is yeah. Renee jerking off? Like, how? What? <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch! That was She's the top comment. That, that was the top comment. Uh, what do you call it? It was like Renee made a fucking killing. <laughs> you know, I can tell you folks right now that that list is fucking horseshit. I can't speak for anybody else but myself. But 0506, dude, I was out half the year with an injury, and I wasn't on one pay-per-view. I think I did Raw twice. Mm. I didn't get one action figure, and someone said I was in a video game with the funky mustache, but uh, I didn't get no royalty check for it. So what's that quote I always say, guys? Believe. None of what you hear and half of what you hear. <laughs> Everyone in the class. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't remember I don't remember um I I just I don't remember if what I saw for me I was kind of like oh, looks pretty high maybe I was used a lot I was on every most every pay-per-view and I was pretty consistently used um it's um, possible you know, didn't I saw like Trevor Murdoch was getting paid 41 yeah. yeah, he had like the yeah, lowest for TV contracts was seventy five. Number one, and number two, wasn't him and Cade like tag champs most of that year? About that, yeah, yeah. So you're in the tag champ right? You're usually around two to three hundred thousand. That's the two to three hundred thousand range when you're on tag champions and pay per view. This would have been a good question to ask Cash too, because he was another one where I was like, no, Cash was making more than that. Like, there were a few people that were like under a hundred. And there were a few people that were like under fifty. I thought, no. Yeah, I yeah. I think I think quit. Stevie was quite low on it. Yeah, he was like Jillian, one, I think. Yeah, Stevie. Uh, there were a few. So don't believe any of that shit. Uh, it's like yeah. Trish was high, and plus she had like twenty percent of like merchandise, something like that. Yeah. Where it messed up on mine was that in parentheses they didn't say like guaranteed Triple H's sweets when on the road for international. <laughs> there were some like perks on that. There were some perks on on I think Undertaker and Triple H. Like Triple H had like use of the company jet. Yeah. Yeah. Transportation paid for. Yeah. Why well, traded real? That was on my contract. No, nah, I want his sweets. <laughs> Trading. Hey, Paul, you can have the uh, you can have the company jet. Uh, you know, use a few times. Of go ahead. We'll just go. Cool. All right, two hundred and seventy-two in the chat, but one hundred and sixty-five likes. Come on, we gotta get to two hundred, guys. Come on. <laughs> this motivational coach. <laughs> Come on, guys. We can do it. Pick it up. Come on. Pick it up. Come on. Uh, NXT forcing wrestlers to bring their families and friends to shows due to low attendance at shows. Uh, <laughs> make your shows better. How about that? I haven't heard of that. 
I've heard of it. You've heard, you have? Yeah, I heard about it. Make your shows better and you won't have to do that. I haven't heard that. I'm not saying it's not true, but that's an amusing thought. I just I'm just trying this to get is, Paul to say Mama said. <laughs> this is for Paul. This is for Paul right here. There we go. <laughs> I don't know, man. Mama said yes. I'm not gonna replace that bitch. Because I know deep in my heart and I know in my loins. The big answer no. That shit is gross, man. Hey, I'm, gross. I'm eating, even though I'm eating a tuna fish salad, go figure. Uh <laughs> Mama said no. She said no. That she, there's no yes. There's no yes to that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Okay, hold on a second. Does The Rock dress up in his football jersey when he goes to his XFL shows? Must do now. Don't you wear your own? I don't know. I don't know. Is it a what is it? Was you about to say, don't you wear your own merchandise? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah, look at this mark. That's well, right. Well, Shopify. The, the sweaters are sold out, but we got plenty of t-shirts left, folks. We're coming Those up are with probably the Renee sunglasses, aren't they? What's the hat? Is that a cat <laughs> hat? This is Aristris, Chono's brand. I don't think they're going to sponsor us, but I'm going to get one of them t-shirts because I'm going to France. I need to do the French tickle in front of the Eiffel. Yeah, yes. make it a short I, video. I just really want to see that. I want to see how much rhythm you have. Next Are you question. going to join the um, the protests or what? Yeah, don't get like burned alive there. <laughs> I think we're going to a nice part. <laughs> the French, man, they're crazy. Big fan of the cafe. Thank you, Renee, Paul, Yona, Jameson, and Jason for everything. Thank you. I got to get a hold of Jason. Jason, if you're listening, bud, please get back on social media. We want you back, pal. Yeah, please. please. Let us know that you're okay. Send a signal somehow. Please. Thank you, Angelo Manuel. The champ, have either of you been to the WWE New York restaurant? I'm curious about that, actually. Yes. I've never been. It's closed, I think. What what year did it close? It closed. No, but what year did it close? No. They had two. And I went to one that was in uh, Niagara Falls on the other side of uh, the falls from Buffalo. Oh, it's on the Canadian side. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember there was like a year-round haunted house in that. There's like a little. It's what? It's still there? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm a huge mark. Not the the WWF. No, I figured. I'm a huge mark for year-round haunted houses. Uh, But yeah, yeah, that was was a sight to behold. That was pretty cool. I think we had a show in Buffalo, and so we hopped the border, and we're like, let's go check out this. It was like a very touristy district or something. Very, yeah. But yeah, they had a WWF New York or WWE New York there. Um, it just kind of looked like a ghost of a Planet Hollywood. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember that. So, interesting stuff. Isn't that where they did Shotgun Saturday Night? 
it was always from the New York restaurant? Possibly. I'm pretty sure it was. How long did that last, Shotgun Saturday Night? Not long. Uh, done. Thank you. For example, the Dom Ray story. I'm invested in the story and payoff because everyone involved is committed to playing their part. Fucking yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. What is that faction? Um, the Judgment Day. What's it called? The Judgment Day. The Judgment Day. Yep. That's the name of the group. One seventy-five likes. We need twenty-five more. I got a huge announcement. So do they not have a Judgment Day pay-per-view anymore? I don't know. I'm. I feel. So. Oh, they How got do they the Judgment Day pay-per-view? Yeah. There was I a season ago. From the Judgment faction. It was payoff. The Judgment Day pay-per-view. Right. I feel like there's no. There's no saying they wouldn't bring it back. Probably not now with the group name Judgment Day, but before that, NXT was reviving a lot of the older pay-per-view names for a little bit. Yeah. But they uh, were kind of harping on, like, the WCW pay-per-view names, weren't they? I mean, like... They were, yeah. Like, that to me, That's, like... That, that, to me, is weird. Well, they own it, so why not? I know, but still, it's just... I don't know. By the way, the topic makes sense. 178, almost there. I'll go I like just, it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. Mama said. Mama said no to that. <laughs> ben, thank you. Hey, guys, question for both Paul and Renee. What was it like to work with C.W. Anderson and got any stories about him? <laughs> yeah. Um, really good dude. You know, he's one of those kind of uh, – Carolina country guys. <clears throat> and um, when I first went to Japan in like 2001, maybe 2002, somewhere in there for zero one, I had gotten booked over there through Steve Carino and him and CW were a team at zero one. So um, at first when I, cause that was when I first met him, um, you know, they do like that kind of, he would do kind of like some of those hillbilly antics. Like I remember being at a nightclub in Rapungi and he threw like a wet towel at my face, like out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I was like this fucking redneck motherfucker. Um, but it, you know, but then you get into the match with them and you, you give them a few stiff ones and that's the end of the pranks. Uh, but then we, we ended up teaming together. We became a tag team at zero one for a while, and I think he had one of the best left hand punches. Yes, in the business. yes. And he had a great spine buster. Um, and he's what just was a team called the Extreme Horseman or some shit. I think yeah. so. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. But like, yeah, he was really good dude. Like, I really enjoyed teaming with him, and just a fun, a fun guy to be around. Uh, you know. Once you've, once you've proven yourself to him, I guess. So, but I always liked him. And I I would have liked to see him get a run at that um, ECW rehash. Did he not come up for a couple of shots there? I can't remember. Yeah, that's where I wrestled him. 
That is where you were. Okay, that's what I thought. I was like, he should have been yeah, there. He yeah. Was on, he was on the house shows. Okay. How'd you, you liked working with him, yeah? He was solid, safe. Like you said, great punch. Yeah. Yeah, really was. And spine buster. Yeah. And clothesline. Short arm, left hand, left arm, clothesline. And lock up. Great lockup. Great towel throw. Great wet towel throw, too. Yeah. Brandon Lee Roland, thank you. Was London and Kendrick theme inspired by the Rockers? That would be a Jim Johnston question. (laughs) (laughs) When they were doing this thing, I believe it was. I believe it was a wish version of the Rockers theme. (laughs) Um, Jim Johnston, we only met him one time when they were, Renee, do you remember when they were saying like, okay, guys, you'll have three days off, but one or two of those days, we're actually going to have you come to Stanford and tour the offices, tour the towers so that you can see how, how many people are working behind the scenes for you. And we're going to have you go. You never got it? No. Man, you missed out. I never got the tour. Yeah, so they had like the to- the Titan Towers or whatever, which sounds more grandiose than it really was. I remember when I when I saw because I only went to the headquarters once, and it was on this tour that Brian and I were with Snitsky. That's that was the pairing, and um, it was very underwhelming how small the the whole headquarters actually are. But then there's a separate warehouse like across the street where I guess they would keep like Sarge's camouflage limousine and um, a bunch of other old things that they didn't use anymore. Or, like if they were going to clippers. What's that? <laughs> Brother brood eyes clippers. Probably. But I just remember like we were going towards one section of that warehouse and Whoever was giving us this tour was like, okay, we're going to go in and meet Jim Johnson. The Jim Johnson. I was like, okay, yeah, this is cool. We made a lot of themes that I liked. And we go into like this makeshift music studio. And uh, he was like doing something. He goes, hey. (laughs) Just total jobber hello. So it was like, what I really want to say is your music sucks. Generic. <laughs> right. You only, put, you only put any effort and passion into like 10 guys that they tell you to emphasize. But everyone else, you just probably rip off free domain shit and just add a little bit here and there and then claim it as your own. We never liked that theme. We never liked that theme. And after that, whenever I would go like on independent shows, and they would say, okay, we got your music. I'll say, what, what, what is that? And they say, you, you WWE music. I was like, no, do not use that. Like, uh, no, and I would refuse. Like it just, just did not like that song. And I remember having, um, my, my brother, he knows a lot of punk bands and a lot of different bands and stuff. This, this group, uh, Reggie and the full effect were some friends of his and they had made us a song. I remember going up to Bucktooth, uh, yeah, Bucky Bucktooth, uh, Kevin Don, 
I was like, hey, like we we have an idea, like redo our look, our characters. We have this song that's been made for us. Like you don't have to pay for it. Or I mean, I didn't say you don't have to pay for it, but I can't quite remember the specifics of it. But he was like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll use it, we'll use it, you know, like. Eh. And then nothing happened. Nothing happened. Apparently, they had like offered to pay these guys like fifty bucks or something for the song, which was just fucking insulting. And they never used it. And then I remember we hit up Kevin Dunn again when he showed up backstage sometime in like February or late January or something. We're like, Kevin, like you said we were going to use this song. Like, what happened? He's like, oh, well, the music business was closed for the holidays. And he just walked off. What the fuck kind of excuse is that? (laughs) (laughs) The industry was closed for the holidays? Shut the fuck. So, um, but yeah, never. It probably was. It ha, it, it is a rocker's rehash crap. You know, whatever. Uh, Rumham, thank you. We all love a good Royal Rumble, but I'm curious which yearly WWE match do each of you like better or think was a more interesting concept? The Money in the Bank ladder match or Elimination Chamber? So of those two, I think so. Probably elimination chamber. It was just different. It was very big and unique. It was a unique cage. Uh, it looked like a giant jungle gym. Mm. And is that that's where they had like the pods and stuff, right? And people would be like, yeah. "Wow, who's coming out?" Um. Who was the first person to break one of those pods? Wasn't it like from a belly to belly or something? Or someone went through one of those pods? Or was it was was Goldberg the first or no? I don't remember. Well, did he like spear Jericho through it or some shit? Maybe, but yeah. it might have just the glass might have just popped out or something. I don't know if it shattered. I might also oh. be confused with the the Kurt Angle Shane belly to belly overhead. Uh, <laughs> King of the Ring or whatever that was. So, but yeah, overall, I think that Elimination Chamber is a better. It's definitely a, mo- a more unique and visually stimulating thing. Whereas Money in the Bank, you know, it's like uh, it's really just a ladder match for something that isn't a title, but it'll guarantee you a title opportunity. And, but it's been influential, obviously. You know, you see independents all over the place, and guys were like, I've got the briefcase, or like, I've got the envelope, and like, I won this at the, you know, opportunity in the bank match that we had last week, you know, whatever. Just, you know, how independents do that. They rip off or do their own version of what they see on TV. I've yet to see an elimination chamber on the independents, though. So, yeah, that's, yeah. You're not gonna see it. <laughs> I wonder how much it costs to build that fucking thing, dude. It must be a million dollar structure. Pretty insane, right? It is, yeah. Now, with that, I was a huge fan of obviously that original Hell in a Cell with Sean and Taker. Um, I guess the first one was Taker and McFoley, right? Uh, no, it was Sean and. Oh, it was Sean. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was pretty awesome because it was 
the cage with the seal with the roof on it and it was around the floor not just on the ring like a normal cage match uh so i always thought that was a pretty cool that was yeah that was fun that was neat it would have been neat to be in some of these kind of matches you know what i mean maybe one day ah no thanks never say never we'll see <laughs> Okay, 18 more likes. I got a huge, huge announcement. Experiences with Heidenreich. Uh, shit. I traveled with Heidenreich. I did a loop with him in California one time. I really like John. John's a really good guy. But what what happened? To, I think... I think like a lot of guys, his wife drove him crazy or something. Yeah. Yeah. That happens to a lot of the guys. They go on the road and then their wives are at home and then they start becoming dramatic. And one time he told me he was on tour in Japan and he spent his whole pay talking on the phone with his wife because that was before cell phones and he had like the phone in the room. God, buy a money, buy a phone card. Right. So he didn't realize, and he spent his whole payoff on the phone bill. So for all you young wrestlers there, if you're going to be involved with a woman, or even for the women involved with a man, they got to be very, very supportive. Make sure she works for the phone company. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like John, too. Uh, great heart. Very, very... Just a... What the fuck was that? Yona? Is that What's someone that <laughs> No, wrong way. That's James's little friend he's playing with down below. Oh, Woody? fucking toys. Play with my Woody. <laughs> I remember at OVW, because um, I wasn't there long enough. I was only there for like a couple months, but John and I were the only two. Uh, maybe Carlito lived there a little bit too for a little bit, but he was there a lot Suburban longer. Suburban Lodge? Suburban Lodge, man. Suburban Lodge. And John and I had like my my unit back, like our units were next to each other, but back to back. Okay. Um, and there was always this, this horde of like feral cats that would, congregate in front of his door because he'd always be feeding them um, yeah and he was like these are my friends man these are my friends <laughs> and he like had names for all of them. i was like holy shit um and then in practice he would always add, he would add uh i don't think raw's on yet um <laughs> bathroom time boys i'll just make sure that your dvr is set up yeah. um <laughs> There's a TV like in his bathroom. Uh, <laughs> at practice, like at training, with his punches and stuff, and they always harped on him for it. They were like, "Don't do that shit," you know, because he would like grab someone. He always had like the MMA gloves. Um, and to me, that was always a sign of them saying, "Hey, put these on because you're stiff." And you haven't <laughs> learned how to like, work your punches yet. 
but he would throw you into the corner and he'd be like, bam, 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 oh, bam. And he would just like add sound effects while he, so it's, you, you almost start laughing when he's, you know, putting heat on you because you're just like, this is ridiculous. It was so funny. Uh, one of my, something I'm very proud of is <laughs> I'm in his Titantron video getting beat up of course uh but there's some funny clips i think where i'm my selling was kind of funny but uh i liked his music too i thought his music was really good uh, right yeah but it was like it was it had a cool beat to it like it was really cool uh that's something i wanted to ask you you've both done uh the WrestleMania goes Hollywood the trailers He's done the taxi driver yeah. one. Yeah, the De Niro thing. Yeah. Any fun stories on that set? As embarrassing as it is, I had not seen Taxi Driver yet. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like 23 or something. So, um, had I seen it, it probably would have been different. But, like, no, it was just, I mean, I was just happy to be used for something extra, you know, um, besides just like, Oh, you go out there and let these guys beat you up. Um, I might've been the cruiserweight champion. No, this was right before that. What was that? WrestleMania 21. One. Yep. <clears throat> so I won the cruiserweight title the, the week before that. Um, but yeah, that was cool. You know, uh, it's neat to look back on it and think like, Oh, you know, um, I can't think of any. I think they were just, you know, it was like they had you on different time schedules going in. I mean, this was all shot at the building, you know, before TV started. And they would have you go in and, like, put the jacket on you and tell you what to do. And um, So I had more fun at the SummerSlam picnic shoot that was also in LA and Beverly Hills where that uh, infamous Batista Booker T fight broke out at um, but yeah that talk was... about a dog Phobos. yeah <laughs> but no I mean that was always a neat thing to get you know I mean you have to look at it like back at that time I would have done anything they asked me to in terms of, you know, extra days, can you come shoot this? You know, like, we want you to be a part of this. Because then you're, like, looking back on it, I mean, it could be whatever, but you're sitting here thinking, like, maybe, maybe they want to do something with me. Like, oh, maybe they are, maybe they do want to, maybe this will lead to something. It could just be delusion, but, um, yeah. And then... A lot of people don't know this, but the reason, like, everyone thinks, like, I, when I first got there, JBL, you know, he was kind of one of those guys that would harp on guys, and he would test them, and like, oh, hell, you know, and like, all this kind of stuff, and he would, but once you got over with him, and 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 he started to respect you, and vice versa, you know, we had a pretty good rapport, and 
I remember flying back to Texas because I think he lived in Texas and in New York at the time. And this is during his feud with Eddie Guerrero. But I remember flying back. We connected, I think, in like Houston. And then I caught a flight to L.A. and he was going to Dallas. But he asked me, he goes, hey, do you know any any like Mexican workers or guys that we can use for this. Like I'm shooting this little thing, you know, at one of my friend's ranches. And, um, do you know anybody that can play this Mexican, you know? And I thought, Oh man, I, I thought of my trainer, Rudy boy Gonzalez in San Antonio. And this is all on the same day. Like he, he started this conversation with me on the flight. <clears throat> and then by the time I had landed in Austin, or maybe during our connection, I had contacted Reboy and been like, hey, do you want to do this spot with JBL where he's like catching illegal aliens crossing the border at night? I don't know if you remember that um, that skit where he's like, be real quiet. They're coming through here. And it's at night and he had like a flashlight. And stuff. I was there for all that, like, but I was just backstage. But yeah, we shot that, I want to say outside of Waco at one of his friend's ranches or something. And that was a whole day um shoot but the point of that is that like yeah like i would have i would have done just about anything asked of me at that time and i was happy to help you know um that's what a team player does you know he doesn't bitch about having to work a match injured uh, so where the hell where'd, where'd jonah go he's coming back in but i know he's going to a party soon uh, five like, more likes, guys. Five more likes. Ooh, there he is. Can you ready for No, I think I'm actually. I'm choosing. I'm gonna choose a cafe. I think it's, it's raining and stuff. But my computer died though, so now I'm on my phone. So that's why I'm, I'm, on the phone. I'm always on my phone. <laughs> that's why I don't have oh. a light on right now because my phone's charging. <laughs> Tony Tuckett. Neat fans of the show, thank you. Hey, boys, great show, much respect. What are your thoughts on Kenny Omega not being part of the main event scene in AEW since his return from injury? I don't watch it, so I can't really... Um, <laughs> I don't really have an opinion. Based on that question, um, it's probably a good thing because I know that he was their main event guy for forever. Right, like he, the first year or two, I think he was pretty heavily pushed. Um, but again, with a thousand people on your roster, there are going to be a ton of people not used. So he's he's talented enough, and he's over enough that it it's not going to hurt him. You know, like they could. They could put him in the main event picture at any time, yeah. and it's not going to, you know. Um, so, I mean, I'd rather watch him than quite a lot of other guys that they put on there. But again, I mean, I don't, I don't know what he's doing there at the time. Was he the one that wrestled Vikingo? Yeah. Okay. What was the outcome of that match? Oh my god! Massive concussion. <laughs> Omega. He went over on? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense that Kingo isn't like a regular guy there. 
under a deal, but um, hmm. yeah. I think he'll be back in the main event sooner rather than later. Rex I mean, he's Gordon. still part of the office, isn't he? Yeah. Well, he might be out of contract soon, but that's speculation. I see. Well, that's it. Okay. Uh, what was the uh, was that rumor of Molina trying to make a pass at Chris Benoit true? I somehow doubt it. I never heard that. Were you there at the wrestlers' court in Australia when they put her on the stand, and that was what Chris was saying, like that she was? Um, I remember this pretty clearly because this was when Mark Henry came up. Like I had skipped out on wrestler court because this was the last night of the tour, and we were in Melbourne at a casino. <clears throat> Actually, we might have been in. It might have been in Sydney. It doesn't matter. But any which way, I had heard grumblings of a wrestler court going down. And I just beelined up to my room. I was like, I don't, I don't want to be around these people anymore. I've had enough. I'm kind of burnt out. I just want to stay up all night so that I sleep on the entire flight back. That's typically how you would do it. And this big banging at my door. I was like, oh, wrestler court, you got to come. Come on. I was like, what the fuck? You know, and Mark Henry's banging on your door. Yeah, he's banging at my door, Mark Ooh. Henry. And he's like, oh, pick Mark me Henry. up. Like, Gotta call him. Like, basically, like fireman carried me all the way down, like in the elevator, <laughs> all the way down. Yeah, to the bottom floor, into this ballroom where Taker was like the judge with like a ladle or something, like from the kitchen, like as a gavel. And they had, yeah, I had no idea, like who was. Um, like what this was about, and so I just sat at the back and watched it. But the, yeah, I guess you know that's when they put Molina on the <clears throat> on the um, on the hot seat. And I do remember um, it, that was one of those moments that was very eye opening to me because you see a lot. You saw a lot of people kind of I don't want to say ganging up, but it was just. I was so out of that social circle of like what the going ons were with all these like higher tiered people that it just was like, why am I here? Like, this is pointless. You know, I get it. Like team camaraderie, everyone should be here, blah, blah. But it was just, it, it was a different side of, of Chris to see like where, you know, he's talking about, that they were at some hotel gym and he was on a treadmill and, and she apparently got on the treadmill next to him, even though there were all these empty treadmills and how she started like telling him, like she felt comfortable around him and like felt most at peace when she was near him and like all the, and like, but the way he was saying it was making it like, I can't, it wasn't so much that he was like, she touched my hand or I can't remember what it was, but it was just, it was just one of those things where you're thinking like, this is this is all bullshit. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, what? Are, who cares? And all these people were turning on her that she thought were her friends, but it's because they felt that pressure of the whole roster being in this big ballroom, expecting them to say the dirt or say something to put her in a bad light. Um, because that's something that's very common in wrestling is typically someone standing on their own two feet and saying, no, like this is fucked. 
is a lot less likely than somebody jumping into the mass, like jumping into the group just so that they don't end up getting singled out. You know, um, it's very high school in that regard. At least it was. Yeah. But, but that was the only thing I remember about that rumor. And I don't know that anything ever came out of that. Um, you know, Joey and Johnny were the only two that were really called to the stand to speak up on her behalf. Uh, obviously, because they were all a team, but it was just weird. It was kind of, you know, was, I don't know, it was kind of gross. Like you're just seeing everyone kind of just turn on each other or turn was on this. The... Was this before or after her and Batista? <sighs> I don't know. It might have been, it might have been after. I think it might have been after because I feel like I was still, no. I went to Louisville to do like a Kentucky Kingdom show or something. And that's where I was catching wind that like she was flying to Tampa or something. I don't know, man. Like I why didn't Batista get sent to fucking Russell's court for banging one of the boys' girlfriend? While he's married with a wife that was like going through cancer. Yeah. Oh, they were still married when that happened? I don't know. But that's what you just hear all these grumblings. That's all it really is, man. It's just grumblings and it's all fucked, you know. But I just feel like if you're gonna have everyone in the in the courtroom, you know, it wasn't like there was a designated jury or something. So it just felt like God, like I'd rather be watching Australian TV upstairs by myself and listening to all this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Ditto. So, oops. All right. Hold on a second. We reached over 200 likes, 203. Okay. So, my announcement is. (laughs) Okay. So, for all the wrestling fans in Europe, I'm putting together a comeback tour. That's right. From September to November, I'll be touring um, Europe. I've got dates set in Germany, England, Scotland, Ireland, possibly Sweden, and more to come. So I'll be working on it for the next six months. So for all the fans in Europe, I'm coming back. Say those countries again. England, Ireland, Scotland, Germany, Possibly Sweden and more. You ever wrestled in Holland? I don't think so. I could reach out to my my friends there and see if um, you'd want to add that. That's a that's a short trip from Germany. That's a short trip from anywhere, but yeah. Hey, did you ever ride the trains in Germany, like through Europe? Don't think so. Oh, that's a really good time. I enjoy the trains way more than flying. It's a little longer, but it's you get to see like the actual countries and stuff. And I like the trains in England. I think they have a really great rail system. I would take that up to Scotland. Um, and that was pretty easy. And it's like you know most of the major airports. I remember like you, you know you're flying to Manchester and you could take a train to like pretty much any town if you know where you were going. Uh, yeah. So 
are there countries that you haven't been in Europe that you would like to go to, like Hungary? Uh, yeah, I'd like to go to Spain, Denmark, Ukraine, um, <laughs> possibly Poland. I've been to Poland, Finland. Finland would be cool. Were you not on that show when we did Finland, like Helsinki? No. Wow. Mm. The only time I've been to an ice bar. Yeah, you told me about that. It was cool. And Piper sat with Brian and I in like a sauna at the building and just gave us like all this advice. It felt like it felt like a couple of hours. <laughs> but we were in this Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. Finland was really neat. So for all you promoters out there in these countries that he listed off, reach out. I'm coming. I'm coming back to Europe, baby. Touch more with you, man. We can do a Cafe de Rene in England. Yeah, you I was going to say. Yeah. Sorry? Yeah. Are you guys going to overlap when he's in Europe? Are you going to be, is that the same time period or not? I didn't hear Aren't you going on a trip, James? Or not? Oh, no, I'm going in June to France, end of June. Gotcha. So, Paul, come over. We'll do a, what do you call, we'll do a tour, Cafe de Rene. <laughs> okay. In front of dozens of people. There's some Cinemarks over there. Go to, um, what's the big theater in England? The big cinema chain? Odeon. Odeon, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been to that one in uh, in Glasgow? It's like Cinema World. Cinema oh, Cine World. A Cinema World, yeah. It's like twelve stories high, or something. And there's several theaters on every. Like it's a massive multiplex. I want to say it's the tallest cinema in somewhere in Europe. <laughs> Maybe the speaking world. Of, speaking of Cinemax, the episode is ready for tomorrow, everyone. So, oh, wow. Lionheart is out tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, I finally finished it. Uh, so, yeah, Ben Hinvash, thank you again. Question for Paul. What was it like to work with guys like Michael Shane, AJ Styles, and Jimmy Rave on the independent right scene? Uh, I enjoyed working with all those guys. It was a real pleasure. I mean, with Michael Shane, um, you never like when we first met each other, it was at an independent show in San Antonio. And he was like very critical of my match. Cause I worked, um, Lance Hoyt and, uh, match was terrible in front of like 20 people or something at this like Mexican ballroom. And he was like, I was like, Hey, what'd you think? Cause he was doing ECW house shows at the time. Mm. And he had done a few, uh, Weekend spots like Jack Metal for WWF. He had a really good match with Funaki on um, Jack with Velocity. I don't think Velocity was around. I don't know. But I was a fan of his work. And so I was like, hey, man, what'd you think of that match? You know, it was like the first time I met him. He was like, oh, man, that fucking sucked. Like, that was the shit. That was the drizzling shit. And I was like, man, fuck this guy. I didn't like him at first because I, I didn't, I would, it was like, could you be a little bit more constructive? You know? This is like all criticism. And uh, but then later on, once we reunited at Ring of Honor and 
you know, certainly developed a better working relationship and then became really good friends. I mean, he was one of my best friends in the business and it sucks that he kind of left and did whatever he needed to do. But, um, but he was also really into music and some of that. So he had like a band, but, um, loved working with Michael Shane, just absolutely loved it. There's a, there's a spot where we had a ladder match. We had some sort of, it wasn't, it wasn't the, the, the um, unscripted match, but there was another ladder match that was like a tag or something. And um, I did the climb up the ladder that Shelton Benjamin stole for me. Um, but the run up the ladder, it's true. Uh, <laughs> one flip to the outside off the, uh, off the corner, like, and he saved my ass. He absolutely saved my ass one time because the, it's hard to tell from the angle but the ladder was was bent like it wasn't just flat it was like it was like that and so i'm running up this thing kind of at an angle and it caused me to get horse and i started to do the flip and i was literally going to land right on the guardrail with my back and these guardrails weren't like you would think the thick sturdy steel guardrails they were they were they were not as, you know, um, not as deadly, I should say, but they were a thinner kind of metal pole with like a, a fencing on it. And he dove in between that guardrail and me um, basically to save my ass. And we flattened this guardrail and um, he'd saved me many times because <laughs> we would keep the shit every time. But, um, but then working AJ... Um, I first met AJ at WCW when he was teaming with Air Paris and they were called Air Raid. Air Raid. And I was backstage at Thunder. I was at the last WCW pay-per-view Greed. I was at the last WCW Nitro and I was at the last WCW Thunder ever. And these were all in Florida. And I remember meeting AJ and I was a fan of Air Raid. And I remember going up to meet him and he gave me the biggest like jobber hello he's like oh yeah and then later when i would bring that up to him he'd be like oh come on paul i never did that like come on no i wasn't like, <laughs> like hey, yes you were you were a dick <laughs> like oh come on paul come on um but i loved working aj we had a really awesome match at ring of honor night of the grudges i think and uh one of my favorite matches and I remember back giving him a back elbow and it chipped his tooth. And I, you know, I felt bad about that, but it was like, uh, put, put it in a glass of milk. Um, I think that's it. But I just loved working with them. And then with uh, Jimmy Ray, I don't, I, I think I worked with him in a scramble or something, but we'd shared locker rooms plenty of times. Just, you know, rest in peace, man. Like, um, just a great guy. He came up through the wild side, uh, NWA wild side, um, through that whole group down in Georgia. But just a just an awesome guy, man. Really talented. I feel like he he could have been used a lot better at WCW. Even though I think they had like the rock and something injection or whatever. What was that? They had some oh, action. Uh, rock and rave. Infection. Rock and rave. Yeah. Yeah, so, it was paired up with uh, Christy as well. Oh, really? Christy yeah, Hemming? Yeah, the Booker. Yep. 
Yeah. Oh, she's fucking the women's division. Uh, right. favorite kid. What? Sorry. Isn't that one of your cartoons? Jenna. What? Thinking, thinking the brain? Or... Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> All right. I think I'm going to, I have to make an obligation to this party. This is a birthday party. Um, but so I'm going to call it a night. Cafe crew. Don't forget your raincoat and umbrella. It's boring. It's gross out, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, an appearance. So um, thank you though. Good night. Have a good night, all. Good night. Uh, and me and Jonas doing a WrestleMania prediction stream tomorrow night. Yes, tomorrow. That'll be fun. Yeah. After parties at scores. Let's get through some of these. Uh, WrestleMania card under Roman. Cody versus Roman is a raw match. They got sixty, what sixty three thousand tickets sold both nights. So somebody wants to see it. Do you think it's somebody wants to see it, or it's just people want to be in that atmosphere? Yeah, it's more. It's WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. WrestleMania is the draw. Don't get it twisted. It's two days. Like it's fucking. 20 hours now of wrestling and <clears throat> I'm doing the fucking watch along. <laughs> Have fun. Have fun doing that, buddy. Two nights. Are you coming on with me, Renee? I don't when, think so, buddy. When did they start really giving away matches? Like, he made the comment that that's a raw match. Mm. Not denying that. I agree. But you can say that for any of the matches. Right? Yeah. Whereas back in our day, they would have the build-up be against lower card or jobber guys, and you wouldn't you you wouldn't see them lock up or touch one another or anything, with the extent of maybe promos against each other, and or possibly a run-in. But now, I think that that that's why the the cards are underwhelming. Because if they haven't seen it before, then there's likely going to be a chance that they're going to get it again on Raw the next night for free. And it makes people feel cheated sometimes, I think. Well, it's like uh, Renee and Cena. Um, obviously, you got drafted to SmackDown and started having the interaction like you on commentary and him cutting a promo. Then there was the stuff with Tori Wilson. And obviously, there was a spot where you just brawled outside and you powerbombed them through the table, but you've never actually had a match till the pay per view. True, and that that keeps it special. I think. I don't know if Cody and Roman have had a match, but I don't know. A, a while ago, when Cody, this I'm talking. 2015, they had a couple of tag matches. Oh, okay. But since then, obviously, Cody's left, went on the Indies, AEW. Obviously, Roman's now, you know, champion and stuff. But since he's been back, they haven't wrestled. They've had some promo battles, but they haven't actually wrestled yet. So why do you think that comment that this is a Raw match, why do you I, think that? I think it's just because... Some people just doesn't see Cody, for example, as a main event. Um, 
I know um, other people's opinions. Me personally, I like Cody's work. That's just me. I'll be honest. Um, I'll praise the guy. I think he's a good promo and he's good in the ring and they've handled his return well. That's just me. That's my opinion. I'm actually looking forward to the match. Uh, but that's me, but everyone's entitled to their opinion. What match are you looking forward to the most, Renee? Um, they're all they're all so exciting and wonderful. I just I just can't just pick one. Next question. Pick two then. <laughs> Is that Titty uh, Hit guy on there? Yeah. Is uh, Quincy Elliott uh, on the card? Logan Paul. Uh, Tony Tackett, thank you. Paul, no need to cancel yourself, but did you agree with any of Brian Kendrick's conspiracies? If so, what? Thanks. No. I thought I had made that clear. No. Not at all. That's part of why there has been no communication. Because I don't... Usually when you're teaming with someone for so long, there's that kind of guilt by association where people will immediately think... Oh well, they teamed so long. They're friends. Like um, they must have the same ideals, and absolutely not. So you know, I have quite a lot of Jewish friends. Um, I my my stepmom's Jewish. Um, you know, I'm not gonna say like he offended me. You know, but but I certainly do not agree with his conspiracies um there are unrelated conspiracies that i sometimes entertain out of amusement but let's it's have, not let's have fun then so which ones because me and renee we talk what well, not so much conspiracy theories because what me and renee talks about off camera is fact but what fun conspiracy theories do you play with um i don't know if they're fun but I I have a I guess just a lot of the the um, let's just call it what it is, man. Like a lot of the the stuff in the underbelly of Hollywood of celebrities with uh, yeah. underage children. Like, I think it's absolutely deplorable and disgusting. Have you have you no? Have you heard the code words? By the way, we've got Ben Hameen on next, uh, not this not this Friday, but the following Friday. And he does the conspiracy show with uh, Stevie, so he's on next week. But there's, so apparently there's a, um, there's a phrase book of like coded words. One of the words is pizza. Yeah. And yeah. you, and whenever you watch like whatever uh, movie actor or whatever interview, Look how many times they talk about pizza. Uh, Hillary Clinton, oh, we love pizza. And all these actors and actresses, oh, we love pizza. Oh, we love pizza. It's always yeah. pizza all the time. Yeah. There's a symbol as well. There's a symbol that's kind of like a, a squiggly triangle mm. with a swirl. And that's supposedly the, the universal symbol for, for those kind of freaks. And there's a there's a popular um, donut chain in the states called Voodoo Donuts, and on their logo is like a gingerbread man or something with that logo in the stomach on the stomach. Right. 
are very similar to it. And so there's just, I mean, there's all sorts, and I'm not saying like those guys, the voodoo dons, they're a bunch of pedophiles, but like, there's just, I don't want to, I can't assume that the world is full of good people. I know better, mm. <laughs> you know, I know better. And when you're talking about people with millions and millions and millions of dollars, who's to say what that can buy in terms of having people turn the blind eye or, you know. Well, look at the, um, have you come across the Epstein client list? Different iterations of it. Yeah. And you sit there and you think like, huh, this is bizarre. Um, I mean, even last night I was watching this, this um, video on Brian Singer, you know, who's Mm. horrible. Right. But I didn't even know. And this is going back to our episode of Warlock that we did on Cinemarks. Mark Singer and Laurie Singer, his cousins. Right. I had no idea. I just learned that last night. I was like, oh, fuck. You know, so that's a guy that was that already had his foot kind of in the door with Hollywood and really abused it. And then, you know, got outed uh, a little late. (laughs) But. Yeah, it's just um, again. I'd send it. I'd said this in one of the cafes last year, but there's a documentary called "An Open Secret," and if people um, care to venture down that rabbit hole, look it up. An open secret. Um, it's it's pretty shocking. It's pretty shocking. I'll just say that. And uh, you know, we we had uh, Renee. I'll tell you, we had Don Marie on the show, didn't we, Renee? Yeah, I remember you telling me you said something about being in a producer's house or something, and yeah, she got yeah. basically locked in. Well, I mean, you think about you know even the recent news with like Amanda Bynes, Amanda Bynes or whatever, um, you know, who was like the it girl for a while, yeah. and you know, I know they'd since outed Dan Schneider as being a real abusive kind of creep that would get all these kids drunk and like want to take, you know, have this foot fetish and all this other weird shit and have these kids being sexualized by putting them in like skimpy outfits and all this shit on Nickelodeon. It's just like, it's just fucked, you know? Um, yeah. It was like, there was always like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but people's got a foot fetish and I'll never understand it, but that guy weird. would look have... at the Nickelodeon. One of the Nickelodeon logos is foot. a foot. Yeah. yeah. I've never understood that. People on the foot fetish. I've King on a Friday, I was broke on a Monday. <laughs> we can get Gene Snitsky on here to talk about foot fetishes. Yeah. Yeah. I might be able to get that uh, hooked up, actually. Uh, Maurice, you know, the, oh, he said he tried to email you. Uh, I said I'll mention it. But, you know, Cheap Heat, uh, Renee. Yes. He, he just had Snitsky on, so he said, if ever you need any help getting these people, I'll help you out. So I might really get that spotted. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Hollywood is a crazy place. So, uh, An open yeah. secret. We'll, we'll, de- we'll be exploring it a lot more next week with Ben Amin. So, Paul, you're welcome to join us. Um, when is that? You, uh, next Friday, that is. Not this Friday, but next Friday. So I might be able to. We'll see how we get on. The Chomp. Paul, any funny Brian and Ashley stories? 
God, I don't know. I mean, we all hung out together after shows. Um, obviously, she and I spent more time together when we were together. Um, Brian was married, still is, I guess. Uh, I mean, I can't think of like funny stories. I guess I had told that one of when we were all smoking in the trash room in Houston. And, you know, I think a lot of that time, like a lot of that camaraderie of just being a group and, you know, he, um, like they tried to do this angle one time when I wrestled Regal where I ended up like, they were going to try to start to do this, this angle where Brian was like also interested in her and we were both interested, interested in her and, you know, almost try to like romanticize it. Yeah. And I think he was pretty adamant about his displeasure with that. Cause he didn't want his wife to feel uneasy, but the closest hint of that. And I mean, this isn't like funny, but I'm just trying to think of whatever um, was when I worked regal in England and I went for like a cross body and he ducks and I rolled all the way to the apron and rolled on top of her. I was supposed to like crush her. And then he came out um, to like carry her off or something. And like, that was the closest to that angle that they got. Um, and she got, she got messed up on that. Like it, it tore one of her like implants off wow. to the side. So that delayed her playboy shoot quite a bit. Um, and I remember she had to be flown from like England back to New York, like immediately for emergency surgery or something. So, um, but I mean, the three of us never like rode together. I mean, maybe if we were all staying at the same hotel or if Brian was at the same hotel we were, then we would all jump in or something. But um, no, just God, I'm sure I'll think of something later, but. Yeah. I mean, it was a good group. We looked out for each other and we always tried to make it a point to highlight her within her abilities so that were she you, wouldn't get. Were you used to dating at that point? Yeah. Not at first, but then right. after. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. Him are uh, beautiful. Thoughts on Ryback's claim to have spent 150k a year on travel while with WWE, and that all wrestlers should be getting paid the same. Uh, I'm not denying he probably did spend that much. Um, and no, not all wrestlers should get paid the same. But he's also more. He's uh -huh. also renting Escalades, and he's like, he's not, you know, he's also renting like high end shit and like staying at like, you know what I mean? It's not like he's staying at the Best Western or the Microtel. And the look, know? the way he looks, he's got to eat a lot of food. So him eating eight, nine, ten meals a day, I believe it. And he's not eating like Wendy's triple cheese. You know, he's got to eat the right food. And uh, I don't know. Have you seen his food reviews? <laughs> I have like not. A couple of years ago, he was like, like 
if Jack of the Box or somebody came out with some triple stacker thing, he's like, I'm going to test this. This is the triple stack. He was doing, you got to check out his food review videos. Um, kind of creepy. Uh, I just, <laughs> there was one where he's like, they're all from like, he does a couple, I think, from his kitchen, but a lot of them are from like his car or from his yeah. super truck or whatever the fuck he drives. And he's like, uh, this is the triple cheese burrito from Jack on the Box or whatever the fuck it is. The extra spices. And I'm going to test it out. Be like, pretty fucking good. Oh, there's a candy cutie. Oh, yeah. Oh, she is a candy cutie. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. pretty good. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? He's just like, like, ah, this is weird, man. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck is a candy cutie?" Um, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. sound legal, whatever it is. <laughs> Dude, it was like, yeah, yeah. At the end of this uh, food review, I gotta, uh, I gotta go. <laughs> um, yeah, check out these. I don't think he does them anymore, though. When he got double, triple voted to retire. Oh shit! Yeah, didn't he do that? Like a post, like where should I go? And they put retire. Wow. I think he put retirement as an option. I'm like, why would you put that? Because yeah. yeah. he hasn't wrestled a match since he. Oh wait, he did a. I did an independent show with him in Toronto one time, Mississauga actually. He was working Moose. Yeah. I didn't watch the match. I did my match and had to hit the airport. Yeah. Now, do you think? If, because there's, there's been like, um, now if he were to show up on AEW, for example, out of the blue, don't you think that would still garner views just out of curiosity? Oh, 100%. And he would look bigger and more massive yeah. than 90% of their roster. Yeah, that's probably a reason why he wouldn't get pushed, because I think your your friends don't like the big muscular guys. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I just that seems you know. that way. Well, they have a few pretty gigantic guys, don't they? Like yeah, but they don't get pushed. And like, uh, what's his name? Lance Archer went like four or five months without getting booked. <laughs> Jake was saying. Yeah, but I think that's because he hurt himself on a moonsault or something. Like oh, I saw him. he dropped himself around right his head, right? Moonsault on his head. Yeah. But like, who's that other big guy they have? Like Wardlow or something? How big is he? Yeah, he's. I don't know about height, but he's. You know, he's jacked. He's one of their bigger guys. How tall was Ryback? Because I only remember meeting him a few times, and I. He's. I don't think he might be six foot, maybe. No, Ryback's taller than that. Uh uh-uh. uh Are you sure? I'm positive. Are you? Sure? Are we talking about Ryan Reeves? We're talking about a tough enough Skip Sheffield. We're talking about Ryan Reeves, Skip Sheffield. <laughs> Skip Sheffield. Goddamn prosper. It's a that's a blue chipper if I ever saw it. You're you're really bad at judging heights because you said Brian Cage was six two. And I'm like, dude, the guy's five ten. No, he's like at least, I think he's at least six feet. No. He might have been in boot, wrestling boots though at the time. So there's Oh, does he have the fucking uh Chris Jericho lifts? Actually, I think he wears Atomics with kick pads. So I don't think he has. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't know. Jericho wears fucking stilts out to the ring. Speaking of your pal Jericho, um, <laughs> I was sent a clip. I'll have to forward it to you guys. Have y'all seen this this clip of? Oh, I sent it to Jonah. The, the slow ocean. Sent it to me, Paul. Send it to me now. You got your phone? Uh, yeah, but I might lose you guys if I get off this screen. Okay, I use them. Send to me after. Yeah. yeah, I I would send it, but I would lose the super chats. Yeah, so it's basically like a ten man tag or something at PWG and um, they go into a everything goes into slow-mo where like they're like exchanging punches and the punches look like shit even when they're slow and um, obviously going in slow-mo yes everything, everything. And, and the, the, fan, the fans oh yeah, I would love to get your thoughts on it. <laughs> My favorite comment: someone said, "Wow, even in slow motion, Jericho gets gassed up." <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well, um, I, I did. I did send it to Jonah. Well, uh, I'll get it for the next episode or something. Yeah, let's have to review that. What was the point of the Mama Benjamin storyline? Fuck knows. I think they were thinking, man, that Judy Bagwell storyline works so good. We should do our own version here. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> Actually, the Judy Bagwell one is probably better. Judy Bagwell and Falklift match. I think uh, both got arrested at the weekend. This past what? weekend? I don't know if he's out now. I think he's out now, but I don't know if it was like some traffic oh. violation or something. Traffic violation? Did he have a warrant or something? I don't know, but I I did come across it. I forgot what it was exactly. Uh, I can have a look uh, while you just read that. Uh, read that one and I'll find it. Uh, do Paul and Renee have any props in the WWE warehouse? We do not have any props. Do you have a prop? Uh... Are your masks there that you and Brian would wear? Yeah. Well, yeah, I shipped them there. I was like, all right, guys, it's time to part ways. Here, y'all can, can keep these fucking masks that are falling apart that y'all told us to stop wearing years ago. Put that I don't in know. The Hall of Fame building that you plan on never building. The what building? Hall of Fame. Really? There was rumors that they were going to build one. <sighs> physical Hall of Fame. Where's the Hockey Hall of Fame? That's got to be in Canada, right? I don't know. I would think. Anybody in the chat knows where the Hockey Hall of Fame is, please. Because I think the basketball one's in like Springfield, Massachusetts. That might be all I know. Did you, any play any, did you ever play sports in high school, Paul? Yeah, yeah. I was a big basketball player. Uh, I did amateur wrestling. Um, I did track and field. Wow. Uh, they tried to get me to play football in middle school and I just didn't care didn't for care. it. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it was just, yeah, I didn't, I still to this day don't know the exact rules of football. I can, I can follow a game, but I just don't, I've never, it's never been my sport. But um, 
first sport I ever played was soccer. Football. Me too. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, yeah, sorry, football. Uh, yeah, I love playing soccer. You love soccer too, Paul? I don't. I was a terrible goalie, and so I would just sit I would like just pick flowers and like play with insects and stuff, and we'd get yeah. scored on all the time. And I was like, oh, yeah. We should um, play soccer sometime, Paul. Fuck you, fuck you so far. <laughs> yeah, soccer would be good. I might got it wrong with Buff, but I'm sure I saw something over there. I, I hope I'm wrong. It's probably a post from like five years ago. Was he still doing the like Mr. Rogers gimmick or something? Oh, I seen that where he dressed up like yeah, Mr. Rogers. Right? He was cute. Have you all ever heard of the Andy Sedaris film Day of the Warrior? Oh, yeah, it's look Paul. Fuck's sakes. Day of the Warrior. He plays the evil. Native American bad guy. It's like the soft core action movie. <laughs> if anyone doesn't know who Andy Sedaris is, look up those films. But they're they're their own class of films. But he was in a few of them. I want to watch the documentary you're talking about. What's it called? Uh, An open secret. Open secret. An open secret. Yeah, it's. I'm looking for that on YouTube. Yeah, check it out. I mean, you might have to find it on other, but there's. It it opened my eyes to a lot of shit, a lot of shit. It's so like Corey like, Feldman talking about that stuff. He's like telling the truth, right? Um. See, unfortunately, I think he, I think he got pretty fried at a young age, to where apparently him and Corey Haim both had been, um, kind That's of passed the, around. Oh wow! Group of young guys and young actors and there's a um if anyone's ever seen friday the 13th part five there's a scene at the beginning where there's a the one at the crazy the crazy camp or the the loony bin or whatever and there's this this fat okay. curly haired guy and he's like trying to offer this dude a chocolate bar yeah yeah and, yeah 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 yeah, and the guy like he puts it down, and the guy chops it. And he's like, "If you don't want a chocolate, then you then that's just fine," or something. And then the guy turns around, like chops him up. That fat guy, it was uh, Dominic Brasia, and that is who, from all notes I've gathered, that's who was really molesting and who really molested and raped Corey Haim. But he was wow. friends with Corey Feldman, and. So that's why Feldman and his camp tried to twist it around, I think, and blame it on Charlie Sheen, um, which would have been when they worked together, Charlie Sheen and Corey Haim on Lucas. But Corey Haim would have been, I don't know, like seven or something. Um, and Charlie Sheen's the star, of the, you know, one of the stars of this film. But that just seems so much more improbable as opposed to, you know, because then later, like, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman had this really terrible uh, reality show, The Two Corys. Yeah. Where there's some elements of their life that they shared on there, but reality TV, you know, it's all bullshit for the most part. It's very contrived. and um, But he, there's a part in, like, a diner where he's like, you're still friends with that guy who, who molested me. You know who I'm talking about and everything. And, and so I think Feldman, to save face, was – had claimed to not be friends with this guy anymore, but he was still friends with them. The the guy from Friday 13th part five, he's since died. Uh, 
uh, Dominic Brasio, whatever. He was a notorious Hollywood pedophile. Yeah. Um, but there's uh you'll see in like that, that documentary, there was a, a prominent, uh, headshot, uh, publicity photographer named Bob Villard who took pictures of like all the young kids, like you name it, like a lot of the kids that you saw in movies, um, and like the pictures are not just like headshots. It's like shots of them in like like short shorts and like just like no shirt, like a bathing, like just very fucking like why is this? Why? why who? Whose idea was this to take a picture right. like this? Right. You know, just sexualizing these children, and it's fucking disturbing, man. And you think about it, and it's like you know, this is pre-internet, this is pre-cell phone. They could get away with a lot of this shit, you know, back then. They could they could get away with a lot of this shit, and it and it was. It was a uh, a lot of it was protected. Um, so this documentary goes into a lot of that. But I think Corey's Corey Feldman has since kind of burnt bridges in a way that nobody takes him seriously, and it's sad because you can tell how damaged this guy is from all this shit. And I'm not making excuses. Saying like, no, he's right and everything, but again, like he tried to put out like. You know, he does stuff where he's like, I'm, I put out this documentary, I'm going to air it. And then yeah. when they, when it was going to air, like he said that like, you know, the elites uh, took it down, but like for a million dollars or for whatever, then he'll really come out. And it's like, why don't you just say it, you know? So like just yeah. shit like that, that I think doesn't paint him in a good light. Um, but, but uh but I mean, guys like Elijah would have been asked about like, why didn't he, you know, and he talks about how his family was very protective and didn't let him go to Hollywood parties, didn't let him go to all this shit. Um, and so he was, you know, him and, you know, there's a lot of, there are quite a lot of child actors who continue, who, who have survived and have lived and, and prospered as adults. And, you know, Sean Astin's another one. Um, but you, you, you see things and you read things, you know, and, um, you know, you look at like Macaulay Culkin as a kid and then you look at him now and you're kind of like, huh, like something, something happened to this guy, uh, at some point, you know, and it was like, they were trying to, to get him to sign over his sign off his parents basically. And what does it get emancipated? I think is what it is. Um, mm. just, this just tons of shit, man. Like, um, it's 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 disturbing it's fucking disturbing you know it's really disturbing and then you know a lot of these young actors end up going nuts or ODing you know like in the case of like Brad Renfro who was a great yeah. actor spoke about great it they didn't we I watched that movie uh, The Client really good yeah. I enjoyed it amazing young actor you know mm. he was an apt pupil with Brian Singer and that's apparently where a lot of you know because it's not like they're just hiring these kids and then they're like putting them in a locker room and then just like raping them. Like they, they're, they're, it, it's all grooming. It's all grooming. Yeah. You know? And it starts with compliments and it starts maybe with like some shoulder rubs or like, you know, we'll get you a better part in this film or like, you know, I've got connections to this project, you know, and, why don't you come to the party that we're having this weekend? And then they'll start giving these kids, you know, like alcohol and drugs and, and, 
and then fucking taking advantage of them, you know, like it's, it's fucking disturbing shit, you know, it's fucking disturbing. So, um, you know, do I go as far into the adrenal, adrenochrome conspiracies of them drinking baby blood and all that shit? I, I don't know. That seems way, way far fetched, but, but you know, who the fuck knows? But, um, but yeah, start off with that documentary and see what it does. Yeah. As soon as we're done here. Yeah, it's speaking called an open. Speaking of disturbing, when are we getting Rest of Massacre on Cinemax? Oh, we will. We will. We'll highlight I actually the have to watch the whole movie because I never did. Making number two. Are they? Yeah. Oh. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you die in the first one. We have connections. I know a couple guys. They really want you for this part. They want you to come back as your twin brother. I need you to show up at our party this weekend so we can discuss details. Can you do that right now? Yeah. Next question. I'll invite my friends. (laughs) That Russian kid. Have you seen a vid on YouTube uploaded in 2007 where Randy Orton is asking fans for a sig? How was Randy with you guys? Was he cool? Uh, yeah, I mean, Ren, you always got along. Uh, he could be a real fucking dickhead back in the day, though. I was always cool with him. I always loved hanging out with Randy and partying with him. So, but I could see how he could rub people the wrong way. So, uh, yeah. He was a wild child. Definitely was that. Wow, job. Whoa, though. Bagel topper. That's a schmear. Schmear topper. Looking real creamy, boys. Oh, yeah. Paul and James, do you guys remember a horror flick from the 80s called Sleepaway Camp? Great cinema yeah. fodder. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Sleepaway Camp? Nope. Oh, man. That's a classic. That is a classic. Um, can't say too much about it, but there's a huge twist at the end. Uh, yeah. Maybe I we'll cover a, it. I played a great video game, by the way. Um, it's like a movie. Done the motion capture for, like, and the facial thing for, like, Lance Henriksen, David Arquette, uh, all these... Lin Shay, uh, the Quarry. Okay, I've it's, seen Lance Henriksen hype it up. Is it? It's fun. Um, yeah, it's it's a click and talk game. Like it's a story based game, so you make your choices, and your characters can die during the game, and the story will carry on. Uh, so you can play it in a way where all your characters survive, or they all die, or some survive. And yeah, it's basically, uh, you you play as different teenagers who like ran a summer camp summer camp's finish and you go to leave but one of the guys spoiler alert for people fucks about with a van because he wants to stay there so he can hook up with this girl and one thing leads to another there's werewolves involved it's a it's a fun game it's it's it is a b-horror movie but a video game there's another game, isn't there? Like Dead by Daylight or something, or or that that one's a survivor game where you can play different characters. But there's also another game, what I've just explained, called Until Dawn, 
and that's okay. got like uh, that's more based in Canada because it's got like the Wendigo monster in it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is that a big legend up your way, Renee? That Wendigo. I have no idea what you're talking about. And you're Wendigo. Canadian, you should know this. Wendigo. It's a Native so, American folk uh, creature. Legend. Yeah, legend. I'm trying to. Th- uh, I want to say it's the Iroquois, maybe. Um, Iroquois. Iroquois. Yeah, I think it's. But I think different tribes have different versions of it, but. Yeah, there have been a few movie versions of it, but yeah, interesting folklore. What are your favorite memories of JBL? Whenever I would come back from a match at a house show and he would be giving me a standing ovation. Happened several times. And it was like, if he's giving me a standing ovation, then I'm I'm good. Because uh, he... He was the loudest guy in the locker room and was very critical of a lot of people. And so I'm getting the opposite reaction of criticism and he's stuck by standing ovation. That was always neat, you know, and he was, he was very complimentary of Brian and I's work. Uh, as time went on, he was doing more commentary and um, yeah, definitely more good memories than not, not good. Yeah, he put me over that night. We had that match in San Antonio. We all went out to the strip club. And he said that me and you stole the show that night. That's a cool thing to hear, you know, from yeah, this. By far more of a dickhead to me than he was cool. <laughs> yeah. We all go through it, I guess, right? Jack Goodcock. Setting aside his antics, thoughts on Punk's work. He's not as good as he thinks he is, and he rips off other people. If you were in Japan, as long as, or Paul, like, been in Japan and knows a lot about Japanese wrestling, if you watch his matches, be like, this is guy, and the fact that he went there and did him in last, got sent home after half a tour. Did he, right? Who is that for? It was 0-1. Was it really? Oh, man. They sent him home halfway through a tour. I'll take Kenta any day. Yeah, but I mean, like, he does the Tenzan thing. Now I'm watching back, like, the ECW, he would do, like, the fucking Muda thing. Like, this guy's a fucking mark. Definitely mark for himself. Mark for himself and just, yeah. A lot of people in the business don't like him. I see an independent show and people do the fucking running knee lift. In the corner, I was like, yeah. I can tell who they watch. Why doesn't he take a match with, uh, why doesn't he take a match with Kenta? Because he knows Kenta will kick the living shit out of him. <laughs> True. Yeah. Agreed. Fabio, what are some wrestling moves that should be banned? I've never seen banned spelled that way. I haven't. I just had to work it out. I was like, oh, it's clever. <laughs> Alabama Slam, and not because I hate Bob Holly, but because that move is just too dangerous to take. I disagree. I don't. I think it's depending on who's giving it, right? Because I think it's the momentum thing, where it's like if you 
want to fuck the guy up, then you can definitely be like, fuck. But I think there's a way to take it or a way for it to be given to you where it's not as bad as some other of these ridiculous moves that you see. Um, I think Petey Williams should be the only one that does a Canadian destroyer. I think most, most of the times you see these destroyers, they look like shit. Scott DeMore done one the other day. He what? Scott DeMore. He done one the other day on Impact. What? Yes. You know, Scott was a, was a really good worker back in the day. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Scott could work. He, I saw him in 97, and we toured together for my dad in 98. Scott was a good worker. It's just that at the time, he was, he was like five foot six and, you know, so what, this was recent, James? Like he's on this the show? Like, this was like in the past week. I, that's when I saw it. So I'm guessing it was. I think uh, those fucking knees to the face, the V-trigger, that kind of bullshit, I think that should be um, done away with. Mostly because a lot of them look like shit. And if you think about the context of that move, if you're taking a, a forceful knee to the skull, yeah. the um, that's, that's, you're done. Yeah. You're done. But these fucking dipshits are kicking out of two and hulking up and all, or there's, or it's just to lead to something else or lead. And it's just like, this is fucking stupid. This is so stupid. <laughs> like, you can tell who's never been in a real fight. You can tell who's never done martial arts. You can tell who's never sparred or been in any kind of confrontation. You can tell. You can tell. Because it's One so- guy broke my nose in Maine doing that because, you know, it's the popular thing to do, right? Because of Kenny Omega in Japanese wrestling. Who broke who? Uh, I don't remember the guy's name, but. Fucking stupid. Yeah, but it was an indie show in- he gave me because you know they see it on TV, and but the thing is, they never. If you're gonna practice with it, practice with in the training center with you know like a, a dummy. Don't practice on me. My, yeah, was like clack. Anyway, it's not, it's not a very easy move to protect unless you just whiff completely. Yeah, you know, but even if you're turning the face, like you're still gonna catch something in a pretty sensitive area. With the hardest part of your knee, or the hardest part of your leg, I should say. Yeah. Um, temple really easy. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Or, or bust their eardrum, or catch an orbital. Um, and and it's everyone fucking does it, and every, it's just it's fucking garbage. You know, it's like when everyone was doing this fucking uh, spin around uh, clothesline, you know, whatever the. I don't even know what they're called. There's so many versions. So many of this. Names. Yeah, I just read all of them. The champ. What happens when the shows go to commercial during a wrestler's entrance? Do the commercials air on the Tron while the wrestlers, uh, while the wrestlers just wait in the ring? No, no. Usually the referees sitting there being like, "Hold on, ten seconds or twenty seconds." Okay. We're back, okay. Like it's all re- you just listen to the referee. Yeah, I'm not. <clears throat> so, but even if it's during the match, so you're already in your match. Um, 
hey guys, we got you know going to commercial, whatever. Like if you have a two segment match or a three segment match, or whatever, then you're again you're listening to the ref. But you know that um, ahead of time, usually with your agent or producer, they're telling you, okay, we got two segments, four and six or whatever. Um, so that's how you kind of might prepare for a rest hold or something because you're typically not going to be wanting to do wanting to do a a big high spot or a big bump during that commercial break because you can't assume that the buck tooth fuckers in the back are going to be like, during the break, this happened, you know, like um, they might, you know, but it's a gamble. So it's better to just listen for the ref when he's going to call, like saying, okay, we're going to commercial in like 10 seconds or whatever. Then you start working into like either a rest hold or something that, uh, you're not expending a lot of energy or throwing something away because people at home on, you know, watching on TV aren't going to see it at all. So, yeah. Up here, would you be part of Legends House season two? No, next question. <laughs> what if they offered you $750,000 for three months? No, they'd have to offer me the money that's remained on the contract that I signed in 2011, which is more than 750000 Whoa, Mr. Moneybags here. Okay, okay. No. It would depend on who's in that fucking house, too. If Paul London's there, I definitely won't go. But um... Oh, God. Come on. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on. I was joking, <laughs> What is the best promotion as far as protecting the wrestlers' health and wealth? Doesn't exist. AEW, I would say wealth, but not so much health. Definitely not. After hearing fucking Bray Wyatt's downside, fucking hurt my head. Did you hear the rumor of what he's making? I don't want to know. No, because you'll start, you get mad like I did. I don't want to get mad. But then again, but then again, I just seen the the leaked fucking contracts from 2005 and 6 of what I was supposed to be making. That's complete. Come bullshit. on, Renee. What? what? Your your own saying. Believe none of what you hear. You're right. And boy, did you see the actual contract on how do you do to you whatever the fuck his name is? Like No, but Sly Sly, he did a tour, me and Sly did a tour a couple of years ago, and he would always get Pat Patterson's emails. And he was showing, yeah, yeah. And he That's was showing, it, yeah. And he would show me like the contracts they're handing out. And it's like, that's the only way. It's all about money. Why would you want to see that crap? It's only going to show it to me. Something right in my face. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Paul, did you witness the Miz getting kicked up locker room? I actually didn't. I know that he had said something about that recently, but um, no. The only <clears throat> one of the only real like hazing things that I saw with the Miz was, um, and Mike and I were always pretty cool, like you know. Um, somewhere there's a weird picture of Jimmy Yang and the Miz and I all partying in a hotel room in Nashville somewhere, like right as Miz first got there. Uh, but 
we were always cool. But no, the only time I could think of like a real hate, and I'm not, and I'm not denying that that didn't happen. But again, I wasn't privy to those kind of locker room uh, decisions or enforcements. But we were in the Philippines in Manila, and we all went to a um a dancers club and guys had racked up like the whole bill of everybody was a couple thousand bucks and when it was time to leave and everyone was like getting in the cabs and leaving they had somehow saddled this whole thing onto mike to pay for it but you know he didn't do himself any favors either because he's like no 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 i got this I got tough enough money. I got tough enough money. And then like his card bounced. Like, <laughs> his card got like rejected. <laughs> and then like um it might have been I think maybe Jimmy and I were the ones that stayed with them because everyone else just took off. And I was like, we can't we can't leave him here in this fucking strip club in Manila by himself. So who ended up paying for it? He did, but oh. I think it was – he might have used a different card. I can't remember. But, yeah, I got tough enough money. That was Never like, never use a credit card at a strip club because they can fuck you over. I don't think any of the listeners on here that are up-and-coming wrestlers frequent those kind of places. Okay. They're like, never use your credit card at GameStop because they'll <laughs> – They'll really fuck you on the taxes. And then if you try to return, you know, Tony Hawk 4, then they'll really fuck you and you can't return it. So read the fine print when you use your credit card at GameStop. Okay, I think we're coming up close to finishing up, right? Yeah, has Ross started yet or what? No, I'll, book gotta... time. I'll book time off to, if needed, to see you, Renee. I want to see you too, Rex. I got uh, a special gift for you, buddy. Stationed at? Where's, what's his? He's from Island. Ireland. Oh, it's from Ireland? Cool. Next question. I wonder what Rex thinks about the Leprechaun films. I, I was actually going to put on number two tonight before I started this. Part three is the best. Yeah. Two is decent, but part three, fucking awesome. It's on, Am it's on Amazon. I got to go to the bathroom. Great back. <laughs> A hundred wings at Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, we're back in the impersonation. I haven't done Luther for a while. What's that? We haven't done Luther for a while, to be fair. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, my man, my man, my man. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Come here. These are fuck. This is ninety nine wings. I ordered a hundred. I want a hundred fucking wings. Take this back. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. You're leaving this. Bring me a hundred wings on you. All of it. I want a hundred ninety nine fucking wings because you you fucked up. So all of it, and you're gonna pay for it. A hundred wings. I want spicy buffalo. Mango habanero, lemon pepper, some other dry rub. I can't think of it. I don't go to Buffalo Wings. But you're going to fuck this up. And I'm going to fuck you up. So make it right. 
all of it now. He always <laughs> yeah, I like wings. I had wings yesterday. Oh, I love wings. I'm more of a wing stomp guy. So, uh, someone uh, put a trait out. Favorite part of a chicken: wings, legs. Uh, well, wings, drumsticks, thighs, or breast. Uh, wings all the way. Yeah, wings for sure. Although, like um, in your neck of the woods at Nando's. Um, they have an awesome. I think it's the chicken thighs. <clears throat> and, they do the um, chicken thighs. Uh, what they started doing as well is the wings uh, roulette, and it's like for a tenner. That is part. Um, which part on the no. wing roulette? W uh, wings roulette. So um, I think it's like you, there's different options, but normally it's ten wings, for example, and it's all like different you know hotness or spices yeah but, uh yeah the sweet the hot ones or whatever that show is where they get people on there to just like celebrities and they interview them while they're eating hot wings and the 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 hot the heat levels just like intensify. yeah, yeah that, that'd be interesting <laughs> it can't be too hot you know like i love there to be a kick um but if it's so hot that you basically singe your taste buds, yeah, point, you know. Do you like wings, Renee? Love them. That's Next question. question. <laughs> that should be a that should be a t-shirt. It's gonna be right. a t-shirt. Rex, who was much easier to deal with when it came to talking about ideas for your characters, Vince or Stephanie? We're creative themselves open to this discuss. Stephanie, easily. Yeah, next question. Vince is like talking to a fucking... <sighs> yeah. It's like talking to a corpse. <laughs> yeah, literally will be soon. Done. I used to and still do love the first Jeepers Creepers movie, but knowing what the director did makes me sick. That's true. It's very, very true. Victor Salva. So, clown my house. first, my yeah, Clown House, exactly. My first exposure to Victor Salva films was Clown House. And that was the first time I ever saw Sam Rockwell because I, and I was just, I, he's been one of my absolute favorite actors since. Um, and he was like 18 in that film, but there's, it's three brothers. And they're left at home over the weekend. And apparently the, the house where they filmed it was owned by Francis Ford Coppola because he was like one of the producers on this film because him and Victor Salva have a history. And uh, yeah, the three brothers and there's these escape crazies from the mental asylum who invade a circus and kill the clowns and then put on their clown outfits and then go and terrorize these kids at their house after the circus with the youngest boy being the most terrified of clowns and his oldest brother played by Sam Rockwell makes fun of them. And, um, but then there's the middle brother, um, Casey, Jeffrey and Randy, that's the kids names. I mean, I, this film, I've watched it so many times, but 
yeah, he, Victor Savo was, um, not just molesting the young boy, but was taking video of it and photos and all this stuff. Like we're talking like sodomy. Um, it's even like the film as well. Like I didn't realize it as a kid watching it, but there's like loads of scenes of just them kids just in their underwear. Yeah. In their underwear. Yeah. Yeah. Like fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, bare the kid the, the young kid is bare ass in one of the one of the scenes when he's changing his underwear because he pissed the bed um it's fucking weird but that that young actor spoken out against Vidrusava and he's he basically uh, Nathan Forrest Winters is the young kid's name and he had got he's basically blackballed he was blackballed at a young age and apparently Coppola had a hand in kind of blackballing him as well um, but yeah, then you see, you know, Victor Sava went on to keep working. I think he served some small amount of time for the, what he did on Clown House. But then, you know, he continued to go on working. He did a movie for Disney called Powder. Um, yeah, yeah, he, that was Victor Sava. Um, but then, yeah, he did Jeepers Creepers. Um, which might explain why Justin Long's character has a tattoo around his belly button. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's fucking weird, man. Um, but you know, I don't, he's one of those ones who finally people are like, do not hire this guy for anything. Um, but, but but people knew about it and he kept working. So makes you wonder who else is out there that people know about, but still working, you know, like a Harvey Weinstein. I mean, telling me all the actors and actresses and Oprah and that didn't know what he was doing. Of course, he did. I mean, it's 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 fucking terrifying. You know, money has a way of making people forget or yeah. shut up about stuff. Sadly, it's true. Another conspiracy here, Tapio. Have you heard of the conspiracy of the Clintons running coke through Mina? Arkansas, I'm guessing. Billy Jack Haynes um, said he helped run it with Barry Seal. Renee? That's what he says. I've never heard that. Wow. I'd love to get Billy Jack on here someday. That'd be nuts. How old is he? Not that it matters, but... Close to 70, I think. That'd be nuts. Uh, Paula Blaze. Hey guys, love the show. Two questions. Were either you with the company when Canyon came out? Did Undertaker really shoot on Chris? Love the hell of a head. Chair shot. Seemed that way. I must have been there when he came out, but like, it wasn't, I don't remember it being like big news, and I don't remember the them shooting on him or something. I do remember there being some video of might've been Cena or something talking about how he just wasn't a very good worker or something. And I thought that was a cheap shot. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, And I just thought that was kind of fucked. Um, and you know, that probably killed Chris too, because he was bipolar and stuff. Yeah. And he was a great worker. He was awesome. You know, um, so I'm sure that and seeing, um, 
Mama said no on TNA squirting lotion in his mouth. Like I, I, there were probably a lot of factors that really, who's to say, who's to say but the whole thing is just, it sucks. It sucks, you know, because there's one guy you never heard a bad word about. Like, yeah, Chris was awesome. Uh, Angelo Manuel, I want to let you know, let you know, guys. Read it, read it, Renee. I don't know how it's pronounced. Are you walking? Are you walking? Is that a Japanese? Sounds like a Japanese name. Well, we're glad you're back. Glad he's back. Go to Shopify and buy a shirt. Okay. All of them. Rex, what would you what would you consider the worst spots you both done while wrestling regular matches if that still bothers you to this day? All of them. Um, um, the segment I did with Goldberg where he hit me with the fucking kendo stick or the flag to my shoulder still bothers me to this day. Oh, man. I saw this clip of Goldberg and, like, Jerry Flynn where he gave Jerry Flynn a belly-to-belly overhead, but he hooks both his arms and throws him overhead. And I was just like, holy shit. This motherfucker was careless. Yeah. Careless. Um, Probably my whole segment with fucking – Hunter Hearst Helmsley, where he fucking pedigreed us after he saved his ass. Fuck that guy. <clears throat> Fuck that guy. Clark Lesnar, any right back miss or pewter stories from Tough Enough? Wasn't in Tough Enough. I don't know. I just remember going to eat with uh, Al Snow, Jimmy Yang, Miz. Peter won that, didn't he? Yeah. And it was like the victory dinner or something. I think we went to, um, I don't know, Fridays or one of these fucking places. And Al Snow was there. And I can't remember how the conversation started, but I remember having to get pulled apart from coming after Al Snow because he threw a knife at my face, uh, like a steak knife. And the, the handle hit me right in the forehead. And Why I got the fuck up. did he do that? I think I called him Shinobi or something. <laughs> like one of his many jobber gimmicks. I can't remember what he had made Avatar. some comment. What's that? He was called Avatar. No, this was before that. Right. This was like before Leaf Cassidy, even. He was like, Shinobi, I can't remember, but I, he had made some fucking snarky comments. So I came back with that, and he. Do you remember the snarky comment? No, but not a fan. But I was like Peter. Peter was always a good dude. Uh, you know, I don't have anything bad to say about him. So. The fat of flurry. Renee, please keep fat. Skip Sheffield accent now because it needs to be your new voice. It'll be something that will get Jason's approval. <laughs> Noted. We got to get Jason back on the show. Yeah. Thoughts on Flapjack Norton's 248 Pancakes promo. Classic. 
Did he eat him? Like, what was that? I don't even know what that was. It was the AWA. It was Yukon Nord, which was the berserker, John Nord. And it was Scott Norton as Flapjack Norton. I think they were the they were a tag team or whatever. And oh, you could tell he didn't feel comfortable doing it. But then he went to Japan and became a big star. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just trying to catch us up. I think we're all we're all caught up, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm running out of time. I gotta do another podcast in like an hour and a half. For real? Yeah. Is that the guy I hooked you up with? No. A different one? <laughs> uh no, buddy of mine, we're starting a podcast uh called the Territory Marks, where we take uh some of our favorite matches from the eighties and highlight them and talk about pop culture stuff during the time those matches occurred. Oh, so so you got like three podcasts on the go. Yeah, I'm a fucking idiot, honestly. No, man, you're an entrepreneur. You're a businessman. Yeah. 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 I really just want to talk about yeah, I don't know. Wearing myself a bit thin with these, but I also like Cults, like that's another conspiracy thing I like talking about. Like when that whole Nexium thing was going on, that was very interesting to me. I um, started watching the Waco, Texas, David Koresh on Netflix. Isn't it? It's fucking fascinating. You just sit there thinking, like, God damn, well, these people- yeah, how people can like brainwash people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why pro wrestling can never die. <laughs> that's did that's you, true. Do you ever catch that call with that gal from Smallville? That's what I'm talking about. That's Nexium. That's the same. That's oh, that's yeah. the same one. Yeah. Allison Mack. Yeah, that's it. Keith Rainier. And it was like they'd get branded on their like pubic. Yeah, bones. yeah. I watched that. I watched that. That was yeah. the final straw for her husband, right? Like he What's flipped that? out and said, "You're not going to brand my fucking wife," and he flipped out. The husband of that girl. Uh no, this girl was an actress on Smallville who got introduced to it, I want to say, by the other girl on Smallville who quickly got out of the cult. Yeah, she got, she got out of it, Scott Free, pretty much. Christian yeah. Crook. Christian Crook, yeah, and who um, played Lana. And, uh, but yeah, it's like they would trap these girls in these houses and they would have to pay all this collateral. They would have to give over all this collateral. Yeah, so collateral. Yeah, yeah, and um, it was blackmail essentially, right? A lot of them were like pretty emaciated because they weren't allowed to eat like X amount of calories, or they weren't allowed to eat this, or they were diet restrictions, and like they weren't allowed to. It's just fucked. Yeah, it, you know. And the actual brand was their initials, right? The guys' initials. It was the guys in it, the the leaders' initials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the air. So if yeah. you looked at this guy. You looked at this this fucking dweeb. Uh, yeah, it's always weird, isn't it? They're the ones who's the leaders. He was like big, like volleyball guy, and and you're sitting here thinking, like, how in the fuck did this guy manipulate and trick all these girls? And because they all would like eventually have to bang them. Yeah, they all and, bang them. Yeah, and it's just it's 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 fucking crazy. Finger um, bang bang you every night, baby. Like Charles Manson, like. Look, if we look at Charles Manson, he's nothing to look at, but he just had this weird charisma. He could just tell. Well, I remember his... girls in high school thinking that Charles was really cute. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Just saying. But with that being said, it's time for me to eat. Uh, this Thursday, special time, special day, we're going to have Masha Slamovich, the newly crowned GCW champion and current TNA star. Uh, so this Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern with Masha Slamovich. Uh, Paul, do you have any um, anything to promote? This Thursday, I will be wrestling in uh, Compton Mania. So if you find yourself in the Compton area, shows at 6, come check it out. It's kicking off a lot of these Mania shows that are full of everybody. And so you don't want to go downtown because it's just a shit show down there. You want to come to Compton. Compton Mania, come check it out. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> James, anything? Yep. Tomorrow night, me and Jonah's doing our WrestleMania 39 predictions. So that'll be a live stream tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, tomorrow, also, episode four of Cinemax will be released. So we're reviewing Fandom's classic Lionheart. So that's finally all done. Um, Thursday, Masha Slamovich. Um, this Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to attempt to do WrestleMania Watch Along. So. Please support me, everyone. And me and Renee is possibly bringing a new series to the channel. We're going to start working on that possibly this week. So stay tuned because that's going to be pretty exciting stuff as well. So, uh, we'll, you know, stay tuned. All right. So until then, we'll see you on Thursday. Bye-bye, everyone. Bonsoir. 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 Bonsoir.